0: hi folks v lord here i just wanted to give a quick forewarning that we go straight into spoilers in this episode for demon slayer mugen train so proceed with caution
1: this podcast may contain course language listeners discretion is advised also this podcast will obviously contain spoilers for demon slayer please beware listen at your own risk
2: Hello, and welcome to the Demon Slayer Podcast. Tonight, I will be taking the reins as your host. I am Marion, a.k.a. McWavy, a.k.a. the Young Light Metal Old Lord, a.k.a. the Big Yoza, a.k.a. I'm not going to come up with more. You see that? You've not. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> with me today, I have a lovely slew of co-hosts with me. Um, first of all, we have the Lord and... Lumrod
0: Mayasha. See so, ya. Yeah. Coming in like a surprise with a stick sting underlying my character team. Marion may or may not have held me hostage. Send help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have them at Katana Point.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's Marriott hit your you you've got he's got your arm stuck in his stomach. Yeah, they've got they got it stuck in my stomach and uh Yeah, it's all part of Marion's master takeover a podcast. They're gonna just like rule over all of them eventually. And I just gotta buy time the sun comes out and disintegrates them. Unless Marion can pull out their arms and run away into the shade of the forest.
2: I'll flex it just like a casa, don't worry about it. Uh, and uh we also have wonderful friend of the show, Meow 900 Also known as Allie, or Allison.
1: Yes, it is me. I am one of the dumb weebs. Yes.
2: (laughs) Perfect timing. Um, And last but not least, we have our usual co-host, Sakaki. And what's this? Jekka? Mm
1: -hmm? (laughs) Who You? I'm not the only girl here anymore.
3: We're just, uh, we, we, we're still like the deer in the headlights thing. We just, we're doing mind our own business. And suddenly Marion just shines this huge podcast light on us. And we couldn't run in time. So here we are. I mean, Jekka's
0: like a rare gotcha pole. Like, you only
3: get her like once in a blue moon.
4: Uh, I'm too busy for anime now. More like
2: once in a blue spider lily. <laughs>
3: so yeah, she's busy working on Yaiba. So we're going to also just plug Ajotoxin. So, uh, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> the better yaiba we work on the better yaiba oh (laughs) the the salt
1: (laughs) the salt (laughs) well all
2: right i think it's time to move on to our main topic we're here tonight to talk about demon slayer mugen train the movie holy crap it came out this week
0: the train finally pulled into station here in North America. It took a long time for it to cross the shores, but I mean, I guess it is difficult for a train to travel overseas, on the seas, especially during a pandemic. I'm sure that slowed it down a bit. But it came barely night in, and it was definitely a trill ride.
1: Choo-choo. Don't be late. hashi
2: Now, would y'all say that the hype train arrived on
0: time? I think it did. I think it came at the right time for people to enjoy it to its fullest. Yeah.
2: Uh by the way, I, this is just a side. Uh how many of you are vaccinated?
0: Me. We lord? Yeah, are- I got fully vaccinated today. I am partially. I will get my second shot very shortly.
3: I am also vaccinated as is checkup. Yes. Yeah. Yes,
0: everyone listening at home, definitely make sure to get vaccinated to have a less worry some theater-going experience. It's what
3: Kyojira would have wanted. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Set your heart ablaze and get your shots.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Compared to the pain Kyojira went through, getting a little needle prick is nothing. Compared to the pain these characters went through, you can endure a split-second injection of life-saving vaccination. Just go to get vaccinated. Go to your local pharmacy before you go to the big tree. I have a feeling my audio is going to be peaking like crazy because of love. Oh, you should have checked.
4: I was thinking the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's all going to level out anyway. It will. Thank you, levelator.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I I would agree. We definitely, we did receive it at the right time, at least for more people to really enjoy the movie. Uh, I guess like a good thing to kind of segue into would be like the box office performance. Uh, Lem, if you want to talk about that, it was pretty good from what I heard.
0: Oh, it was very good. This is an extremely strong showing for Demon Slayer the North American box office. Obviously Demon Slayer, we know that it is now the highest-grossing anime film of all time, highest-grossing Japanese film of all time worldwide. And currently, it is in second place for the top 10 highest-grossing films of 2020 worldwide. Currently, it is about $28 million behind the number one film, a Chinese film called The 800. That currently stands at $472,500,000. And Demon Slayer Mugen Train is about, right now, with the Friday North American box office results at about 444000 our million and five hundred thousand dollars. So it is inching up there. There is a very good possibility that I don't think it'll make it by the this weekend, the end of this weekend, but Next week and weekend after, it's a very good possibility that worldwide, thanks to the grosses here in North America and in other countries, Mukutrain Train has released in this weekend and upcoming, it'll become the number one film of 2020 worldwide. It's a very good bet. Not a sure bet, but a very good bet. Now, what is a sure bet is that Demon Slayer is going to rank as one of the highest grossing anime films in the North American theatrical market.
1: Even more than DBZ?
0: Possibly. Now, early projections for the film going into this weekend were about $10 million. That's what box office animals kind of have projected. And obviously, it was going to be facing competition for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat had its release date moved a week. It was supposed to come out on the 16th. They moved it to the 23rd. So that gave Demon's Numbers an extra competition. And Mortal Kombat obviously was predicted to do a little bit higher. Now, both films, though, have blown away expectations. Demon Slayer projected to make 10 million over the weekend. It made 9.5 million on one day. Friday. 9.5 million. Almost the entirety of what they projected would make its weekend, it made in one day. Now, there is the caveat that this does include Thursday night preview grosses. In case you don't know, a lot of films open on Fridays, but they actually In some select markets, and some select theaters, they will have preview showings on Thursdays. Those do get lumped into the Friday gross. The Thursday grosses for Demon Slayer accounted for about 3.8 mil of that 9.5. But still, that's a very impressive number. And it means that on opening day, Demon Slayer was number one at the box office, beating out Mortal Kombat by 500,000. Now, weekend projections, as I said now, by the time you're listening to this, you'll know what it made, but as they are now, it's projected to make around $19 to $20 million this weekend, and that's going to be really impressive for a three-day, four-day. To put this in context, Dragon Ball Super Broly, like the last really big standout anime theatrical release, that... Earned seven million on its opening night, and over a six-day period, over that it earned about twenty-two million. And over the three-day weekend that it released in particular, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that was about nine point eight million. So already, right there, you can say that Demon Slayer opening day gross not only higher than uh, DBZ DBS release, but also its gross on that one day like that almost. Encompasses the Fridays through Sunday grosses of DVS Broly on its opening weekend. So that's phenomenal. That's incredibly impressive. But this also means that D that Demon Slayer is assuredly going to rank in the top five highest-grossing to anime films of all time. The floor for the top five right now. Is about 19 million with Secret World of Arietti. Demon Slayer is going to definitely come in like after this opening weekend at the number four spot, whatever gross that'll be, in somewhere in the 19 million, 20 million range. And assuredly, like based on this opening gross and the fact that generally speaking for a movie, you can expect that 50% of the box office revenue to encompass the opening weekend. I think that we will see a overall performance of this film probably level out a. Around the 30 million-ish range, and I think that there's a very good chance that it will ultimately lead DBS Broly's North American box office performance. That remains to be seen, but the demand for this film is very high. It is selling out in a lot of theaters. It has a very strong showing. Like, this film is a surefire hit, a big success, for Funimation, Aniplex, Sony, and anime fans in North America. Like, this shows the power, the demand of Demon Slayer's and Franchise, but also of big mainstream anime films, the North American theatrical market. Like, this is something that uh, the industry, the film industry, and the uh, theater going chains, they're paying attention to, and this can only mean, like, more great things in terms of getting more accessibility and for anime films on more screens.
1: Uh, so, since this is an animated movie, and over here, for some reason, it's rated R, wouldn't it also make it, like, the highest-grossing R-rated animated movie as well?
0: Oh, it's already oh, been that, that for a long, long time, time, Allie. Demon Slayer is, like, in the $445 million range. The number two R-rated anime... Adam- R-rated animated film is Sausage Party with $140 Demon Slayer far and away surpasses Uh, Sausage Party's gross to be the number one R-rated film. Does anyone even remember Sausage Party anymore? I don't know. I don't
5: know (laughs) what the fuck that is, Wheeler. Really? Oh my my gosh. Uh,
0: It's a parody of Pixar films that's very raunchy. It's like basically a bunch of sex jokes and metaphors with food characters and i believe it was directed by seth Rogen. yeah it was the seth Rogen film yeah it was seth rogan as also yeah. i'm really glad we had Lomon to explain the box office because like i was familiar with it but they went way more in depth than i could have ever imagined
1: sorry sorry if i asked a stupid question i just like remembered oh this
0: was rated r that's a good question you're good yeah, that's a good question. That R rating is also interesting because it also shows that, yeah, there's a market for R-rated action animated films, which that, that's going to be something studios are going to pay attention to now. There's Because that would be something that would be so off the table if an American film, American animated film, would try to be a serious action adventure with an R rating. They would never make that um, an American animation studio. Like, they don't think that's... A risk we're taking, but Demon Slayer success shows that hey, there is an audience that's gonna go see films like this, which is really notable.
2: Well, do you do you all think that the film actually deserves the R rating?
0: I think they really overrated it. I think that the they gave it the R rating obviously because we have a lot stricter standards in terms of the amount of blood. That is allowed to be shown in a film and also the uh, capitation specifically, yeah. are a big no no. I think the suicide motifs were like the that is main also thing, I think that probably put it over the yeah, that's also a little too much. To I think
1: blood is fine,
0: I will say,
2: like, sitting in the theater and then just hearing like the the villain, uh, en- 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 and en- 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 yes, and en- 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 was just like. What? He's he's using suicide, and this is like a Shonen power, up but it's suicide. I'm just like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> Tanjiro <laughs> learned return by death. Oh my god!
3: <laughs> but you oh see, psych. You see, psych was doing that first, though. So I'm not impressed. Sorry. <laughs> was psych doing
2: <laughs> it you. first? Thank you for bringing up the Shon- the Shonen Sunday plug. We love it. Uh, you, uh,
3: um, <laughs> Thank you. I mean, psych started in 2014, so.
0: Yeah, but there was the web novel ReZero. I mean, of ReZero. this is all based around the same kind of Groundhog Day trope, ultimately, anyways. Yeah, ReZero was 2012. And Groundhog Day was 1995, I think.
3: Yeah. But 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 to clarify, Psych isn't Shonen. Is ReZero Shonen?
2: I don't think there's no real, like, demographics like that for, uh like, web novel-based stuff. I think... Because just the, the platform that it's on is pretty, like no demographic specific so anyway moving on uh i i I really do agree with that like the decapitation kind of stuff and like the suicide like motif is that what it's called uh like the way that that was like used in the movie is kind of definitely what pushed it over uh the gore itself was not that bad like i think like the closest I, i got to like oh this is a kind of graphic was the actual like The decapitation scene for Enmu, like, as he's, like, part of the train, and you see, like, the the spine, like, within, like, the, the bottom shaft of the train, I guess, like, I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that.
0: Well, I think his first decapitation where Tanjo cuts his head off and then we just see his head flying and then his body just, like, limps over. Like, that is violent. Now, obviously, like, Demon Slayer is meant as a family franchise. It's meant for kids to enjoy And kids here in North America do enjoy it. And I really Mm -hmm. don't think that this film is objectionable for kids at all. Really, the why this was rated R is just because of the very kind of arbitrary and outdated standards we have. And I, this idea that kids can't handle this kind of violence when really, like, it is somewhat intense, but it's not more than what I think a young teenager or preteen could handle like i do think this film could have been rated pg 13 but we have a little bit of a double standards when it comes to animated films and depicting graphic violence so do you think like the r rating though limited the audience for the film not at all because i don't think it was a deterrent we on both of the screenings we went to there were families with kids there little kids they brought them to the theater the r rating did not turn the parents away and there may be families that were turning there may have been kids that were not able to see this film but overall you know i think a lot of families were comfortable i don't think that a lot of families are these days so uh, uncomfortable with taking their kids to see like our films like I mean just anecdotally we've had experiences where we've seen films that are definitely hard R's and kids should not be at where parents took their kids at remember us the lord Oh, yeah, people took a baby to the Yeah, remember that kid who was, like, running down the stairs, up and down the stairs while us was playing and graphic murders were happening? Oh, no, I wasn't even thinking of that child. I was thinking of the other one behind us that was screaming the entire time. See, there were multiple families (laughs) in that film. Like, I don't think, yeah, there are a lot of parents who just are, are, they're not going to care. They're going to say, hey, our kid wants to see this. It's our, it's animated, (laughs) Mommy, daddy, I want to go see Goku die on the big screen. Now that, I'm going to be interesting how traumatizing that would be for kids who did not expect that coming. Is that going to be the Optimus Prime dies of this generation? Now I can
2: I can just picture
0: like a like a 7-year-old at the theater going,
2: "Oh no, CGI." <laughs> oh god.
5: god.
0: I think mean, kids have more of a tolerance I think for CGI, at least based on yeah, some know. of the... Yeah, I know. It's just the bulbous, mm-hmm. like, ooh, these
1: tentacles, ugh, they look so yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, my god.
0: Oh, yeah. but b- before we get we should probably talk about our theater experiences, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, of course.
1: Who wants to go first?
2: Why don't you go first, Allie?
1: Oh, okay.
2: Thank you for volunteering.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Well, basically... I think the mall I went to was like one of those old-school dead malls with a theater. Mm -hmm. So, went to a theater. The machine that we used to get the tickets was really weird, so I got some help with that. Got the ticket. It was at the wrong time and for the wrong language, but I just turned it into (laughs) the box office anyways. They don't have a computer in there, and they weren't really checking, so... I just went to the four o'clock subtitled show with the seven o'clock dub ticket show and nobody seemed to care. Ha huh. Sounds like a mall to me. <laughs> 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 uh, and when we got there I was like, Okay, where is this theater in? I can't read numbers that good and then like I hear Zenitsu screaming something. Because they like have the door open and it was like Oh, oh that sounds like people. It's like, Oh, it's Zenitsu, he's probably in there. And went inside, saw my friends sitting in the front row, and just like sit down, watch the movie, and it was like right when they were getting on the train. I don't know what they were saying because it was all in Japanese, but I'm guessing they like just got on the train. And then like the title card just popped up. And oh, it, nice. It was like me, the four friends, and like six other random people. But it was fairly empty, a lot of older people. It was annoying when people went up and down. I, I don't
2: think you missed much. I think there might have been, like, one scene before that. with the, like, it would
0: be a shiki scene.
2: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so where he's walking opens. by, like, the graves and, like, recalling all the all the, the fallen demon slayers' names.
0: Mm-hmm. God, that, that makes that's, me a sad panda. That's a beautiful scene. Like, that opening <laughs> yeah, Lord, shot, that. <laughs> I was taken aback at one, I was like, whoa, this... Am I in the right film? Because it looks so real. Like, Ufotable's Table's in a virus in this film, and they border on photorealistic at times. Like, they are yeah. uncannily good in detail. Yeah, I think uh, Canapa effects of this before, but like, the real highlight of Ufotable is their digital team. Yes. Like, they mm-hmm. are outstanding. Oh,
2: absolutely.
5: Definitely.
1: I think I cried like four times during certain points in a movie.
2: Do you think other people were crying? Or did, or did you see other people, like, sniffling? In the theater. Yeah, they
1: were sniffling, but like I was sniffling even before like the big parts where they're supposed to sniffle. Oh. <laughs> so like when Rengoku's like, yeah, I'm gonna live and I'm like well, I mean it's more like, eh, no you're not. I love you but you're not <laughs> No you're not
2: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I love you but you're not gonna make it.
2: Oh. Uh, did people stay like after uh like to see like the credits?
1: No, we just kind of got up at that point because a lot of them had to leave and they had like a 90-minute, two-hour drive.
0: Dang, that's quite a while. Wow, that's surprising. At least where we live, there are a lot of theaters showing the film very close by. I mean, literally, our closest theater is a four- to five-minute drive away and is showing this film... Like, this weekend, every day, it was showing at least eight times a day. To be fair, like, the... Twin Cities seems to have a pretty concentrated weeb fan base at this point. Yes. We get every anime film at this point.
1: I think they just like the parking. Because, like, it's a dead mall, so it's easy to park the car compared to, like, a busy city mall with the theater. If that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. Uh,
2: yeah, I think that makes sense, yeah. Um, uh, Sakaki and Jekka... Do you want to talk about your experience? I know you saw it, like, just, like, less than two hours ago.
3: Regale us with your journey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there really wasn't much to talk about, per se. Like, of course, Jekka came from her homeland, far, far away. Oh, in yes, Hy- Portugal. In Hyrule. <laughs> in Hyrule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Portuguese. Oh, my God, Jekka's a princess.
3: Portugal. <laughs> Hyrule, Portugal. Yeah. Hi, Zelda. <laughs>
0: how you doing? <laughs>
4: Hi, Zelda. Excuse you, I'm Epona. Thank you very much. <laughs> she's oh ho- my she's God, the you
3: horse. You want to be the horse. It's a running gag. Hey, it's
4: think? it's it's an inside joke. It's too much to go into right now. <laughs> so... I guess it has
3: something to do with the link, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, That'll, yeah, be yeah
4: extras, That'll be for the extras. That'll
2: be for the... The the Patreon extras, don't worry about it. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon, but we will soon.
0: Don't worry about I it. I mean, any Patreon extras would just be the Tommy faithful Patreon extras at this point. <laughs> Unless you guys <laughs> want us to make a Patreon, let us know. Hmm. Reply to the tweet. <laughs>
3: yeah, drop it. Drop it in the comments and subscribe, please. David. Let's get those engagements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. So we. Uh. So yeah, she came from. Pennsylvania, and we both went to go see it, and we're in Maryland. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got the tickets super early, and the fir- i pretty much got the very first ones that were available. So that was like the six thirty show. What was it was about twenty—a movie theater about thirty minutes from me, and we regret that a little bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: why, do you, why do you regret
4: that?
3: Because like we have to record immediately afterwards. <laughs> right. oh. So, so um, We
4: we both slept really crappily last night, so we're kinda like dead right now.
3: <laughs> so, no. It's it's totally fine though. Like I mean, as for the actual theater, when we got there we got there I mean we went to the mall early because of course Jack has not been to that mall, so I just wanted to show her around. Mm. And we got there we got there fairly early and we got our tickets, you know, we printed them out and then when we got to the the actual where they were going to show it, the theater itself. Um, we did have to wait outside like 10, 15 minutes, but we did get there early and they did have to, like, I hate to use the word sanitize, but uh, I, I guess that's the That's correct.
4: literally
2: yeah. what they did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they, I they the, said... I don't see why you don't got it. Well, anyway, go on. Go on. No, no, I mean, <laughs> it's just
3: like, I, I, I just. I don't know. I, I guess just because sanitize has this kind of negative connotation, like like it was a cesspool, and then they sanitized <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> they have to sanitize every theater What are now you after. expecting? <laughs> so that's I mean, yeah, global. yeah, yeah. I mean, th- th- it's just my inner English major, like, getting agitated over things that don't need to be. Anyway, um, yeah, so we went there. There were actually weren't that many people. Like, in this showing, and maybe, like, it might have been just a thing where, of course, everybody's got to be spread out and everything like that. But even then, it wasn't, like, a whole lot of people.
4: No, I I mean, I think it was more than I'm usually used to, because almost nobody ever wants to see anime back where I'm from. Um, There were, like, a few people, like, for the second, yeah, the second uh, My Hero Academia movie. Like, there were, like, quite a few people, like, when that showed.
5: Ah, yes, Normie. I went to go
4: see it. Normie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <yes. laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, it, it is a little bit more than I'm used to. Unless you go to like cons and stuff, then there's always like a crap ton of people there. But
0: Oh
2: yeah, all yeah. the people lining up outside the
0: room. Yeah. <laughs> Anime Expo flashbacks. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Promare was fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, the only I mean, PTSD you're... I have was seeing Free and Black Butler.
3: Yeah, there was. I mean, like, and there were a couple, like, we saw, like, one or two cosplayers. Um, One was for Haiku, and I think I saw a Tanjiro, like, mm. in the theater with us. So. Haikyuu
1: representation, um, yes.
3: So they. We love um, to see these
2: young <laughs> kings hold each other up like this.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was wearing a One Piece jacket because I don't have a Demon Slayer one. So, anybody listening can get me, like, a Tanjiro jacket. I'd be down with that. <laughs> but, I think
0: Hot Topic sells one.
3: There's a hot topic in that mall. We should have checked it.
2: I was literally gonna make a joke like, "Ah, yes, you showed her to the hot topic,"
3: as (laughs) every mall has. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna go down
0: to down to hot topic, burn it to (laughs) the ground.
3: But. I mean, as for, like, the audience itself, like, there wasn't much crying or anything. Like, one person, like, when Kyojiro got killed, one person did sort of laugh because of the sound. Oh, Tanjiro no. made. <laughs> okay,
2: that was actually me. I was actually in your theater. I did, I had that similar reaction. I felt bad immediately after, but I was like, oh, shit.
4: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uh. wait, was it Tanjiro or was it like. Any? like
3: it was, no, no, it was, when, like, when, when Kyojiro got killed. Yes. And then, like, Tanjiro and then made Tanjiro, this sound. Like, yeah. he
4: basically, like, screamed and breathed out crying. And, like, we just hear this girl behind us laughing. And I was like, are you okay, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's,
0: like, that scene where, like, the mist is, like, covering it up. And then you see, like, Akaza's arm through him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. It was, and then like... she's like. She's like, yeah, she's like cracking up at it. And, and, and to be fair, Tanjiro didn't make this kind of awkward noise. And so so um, like, yeah, I mean, besides that, of course, we're we're terrible people. And we were making like when they were doing the credits. And like, uh, they had the pictures of Kyojiro like Jekka was like, in memorandum <laughs> <laughs> to who we lost. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's basically what, like, was uh, yeah. about,
3: anyways. I mean, yes, but yeah. the way she said it, it was so <laughs> yeah, deadpan. Like, <laughs> it
4: was... So, like, it's just black and then white letters because it's all the credits scrolling up, and then all of a sudden you just see Rengoku, like, show up, and I'm just, like, in memorandum.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that goddamn.
1: <a>
4: <laughs> oh, no.
3: Oh, How that was just, <laughs> that was your well, inner director. <laughs> I love oh, it. And we, and we were just like, yeah, we were cracking jokes for the credit. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if we were to say that there was, um, well, no, I guess we'll talk about that later. Like our, our personal feelings about the movie. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was a pretty good experience.
2: Nice. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Lum and V-Lord, why don't you chime in now?
0: Yeah, we had two experiences. First, our Thursday night screening and then the Friday screening where we saw the dub. So Thursday night, we went to the South, AMC Southdale, and that is a theater in Southdale, Minnesota, which is like, you know, kind of a, a theater in a mall. Like it's one of those kind of bigger metropolitan area theaters. Yeah, it's one of the theaters in the Twin Cities area that, uh, Gets most of the anime screenings. Yeah, it's very reliable that go off and find anime screenings. It's screening like the New trend. York of anime uh, theaters. It's, it's
2: uh, the East Villa Cinemas of your area.
0: Maybe. I mean, it's no Minneapolis. Minneapolis will get, uh, especially with the Langmar theater chain, they'll get a lot of the more really, like, limited anime films or limited, like, Foreign film screenings yeah, But for somewhat More major but still fairly Limited releases Southdale will get it But the important thing to note here With this film is that It is a wide Release kind of on the same Level as Broly and MHA Movie 2 Now not as wide release as a Tentpole blockbuster film From a North American studio but it was released in about five, five fifteen thousand theaters across this country, across the country. So, t- t- you know, a good contrast would be Mortal Kombat released this weekend. That was released in over three thousand theaters. And so Demon Slayer was released in about half as many theaters as Mortal Kombat. And in terms of the upper, uh, kind of, uh, exposure a film can get and how many theaters it can get, I think it can be over 4,000 theaters. It's like on the upper, upper limits of a volume, release.
1: So did more so people like go this. to see Demon Slayer than they did The Mortal Kombat?
0: Well, very competitively, yes. Like, even though it was in half as many theaters, a lot of people went to see Demon Slayer to the fact that it is competitive with Mortal Kombat, even though Mortal Kombat isn't twice as many theaters. The weebs came out. Yeah, it's very good. The Demon Slayer that is ultimately it's still somewhat of a niche property in comparison to something like Mortal Kombat. And obviously it does not have the reach. And again, like the exposure that Mortal Kombat has in terms of how many theaters is in, it's way more accessible. Like you guys just talked about you had to drive like a good half hour to get to a theater near you that would see it. I mean, we're lucky that we had theaters closer to us, but that is also a situation for a lot of people I'm sure, that they would have to drive you know, a little bit longer maybe to find a theater with Demon Slayer than Mortal Kombat generally, just because Mortal Kombat isn't in twice as many theaters. And Mm -hmm. also like, it's worth noting that in terms of promotion, like Warner Bros. spent millions of dollars uh, promoting Mortal Kombat. Like, I believe it was something like $60 million they've spent on promoting Mortal Kombat. Funimation, for all we know, has barely spent a pittance on promoting this film. Like, uh, the only number that we know for how much they spend on advertising was less than a hundred K for TV spots and only on adults web. Like, Funimation in terms of promotion has only really been using like very targeted advertising and, like very niche channels and basically social media. So it really speaks to the power that in terms of awareness, like audiences are really seeking out this film to find it, to go watch it. It speaks to the appeal and the draw of this film that even though it did not have like a huge marketing campaign, like a big ten-point film like Mortal Kombat, like it's still doing about as well. Like it again. It is very significant to go back to though our theater experience. You know at Southdale now uh, on the Thursday night screenings at the Southdale theater, theater, there was more than one. Like that's another thing that's so impressive about this film is because normally when there's a previous reading, there's like maybe one showtime, maybe two showtimes, and when we saw Broly those two years ago, that was the case. There was like one showtime. Or maybe later they added a second. I think there was a second later, but yeah. Demon Slayer multiple show times now, and not only that, there were multiple show times. They were all almost sold out. Like I was looking on the AMC app, seeing like how full these uh, screenings were getting. They were getting pretty full, like not completely, like, our screening was not completely full, but it was close to it, and there were sold-outs. Yeah, under night. COVID regulations, mind you. There's still, like, space. Yeah, but space that's another way. thing. You guys are talking about, oh, we didn't notice a lot of people there. Like, again, keep in mind, not only COVID regulations, but also the fact that compared to most of our anime screenings, that there are m- more show times for this film. So people have more flexibility of when they can see it. But, yeah, so our... Thursday Night Screening, very full, definitely full of very True* fans. We saw cosplayers. One notable person who dressed up that I saw was someone who, like, I think they were wearing Tanjiro pattern clothes, like the checkered green and black boxes, but they were also wearing like a Demon Slayer blanket. It's kind of a cape around them. That was cute. a very notable, like, costume. Intu- yes, it was very cute. And yeah, there were definitely Tanjiro cosplays as a good cosplays. Now... Yeah, like, the theater, very enthusiastic about the film. They were super into it, especially comedy with Zenitsu and Inosuke. They got them rolling, and Inosuke was definitely the crowd favorite, the fan favorite. Like, a lot of his stuff really made them laugh, and (laughs) it was a riot. Like, even, like, at the emotional moment at the end, when Inosuke is, like, you know, flailing his arms about and like trying to get Tanjiro to train him—that got a reaction on that audience. Like they really enjoyed that and they laughed at that. So, like in no case and you like all the comedy moments in this film involving them. Those hit with our audience. They laughed every time. They were very into it. Emotional moments—we definitely heard crying. At all the expected emotional moments, but particularly, like, of course, at the big emotional climax of Rengoku's death, there was crying. Like, the person to the right of me, like, they were super into this film. Like, their hands were, like, buried in their face because they were, like, on the edge of their seat. Like, literally, they were, like, hunched over, yeah. like, in their face, like, oh hands over their mouth. Like, they were absorbed in this film. I feel kind of bad. No, like, oh, but like go our go. audience super enthusiastic and passionate about this film. Like very, very like great showing and reactions from them generally. Now the only like kind of weirdness was that the, there were people sitting directly behind us and then early on, I don't know, it seemed like someone came to them and they were talking to them. And then they just left and they didn't come back. I think they went to the wrong showtime. That's what I thought too. I think that they maybe wanted to see the dub or something, but they ended up in the sub or they were just in the wrong showtime for their friends. Since there were multiple showtimes around the same time. Again, that's so rare and significant for this film. But yeah, you know, so... I, could,
2: I would just imagine the, the friend told him, the guy with the chicken hair dies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they were just nope, can't deal with that uh, emotional pain. I, I so don't want to cry tonight. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so overall, I think our Thursday night showing was very, very enjoyable. Like definitely a good audience for for the most part. And then Thursday, uh, no, f- f- the next day, Friday, we saw the dub and not a lot of people the showtime we went at we saw it at a street 30 so it's to be expected there wouldn't be a ton of people at a street 30 on a friday but yeah there was like i think one person in the same row as us a couple ahead of us a family of four behind us and a fam. this family had like two little kids so yeah that was that uh The audience I was with, it's for the dub, and that was a little more of a quiet audience. The guy to the right of me, the left of me, like they did laugh at a lot of the stuff, and I think I did hear them sniffle and cry at the emotional moment when Goku's dad and stuff. Uh, I couldn't really gauge the reaction of the family behind me, but I think the kid enjoyed it so. Yeah, is. I mean, it was still like a quieter audience and a much smaller audience, but generally still, you know, I enjoyed watching the film. Uh, I mean, would you agree, Wheelard? Like, uh, what were your impressions? Anything? Moog and yeah. Trade was awful and sucked. Okay, okay. <laughs> right, you're here by band well, for the
2: podcast. Uh, you can thanks, leave thanks your host coming, guys. at the door.
0: I'll take Man. Care of that. <laughs> you lied to that New York Times guy. Then you were like you quoted did. to help hype the film up, but then you You just... lied through your teeth. But no, no, the... I'm <laughs> wrong. Okay, in all seriousness, though, I agree with like everything Love said. Um, yeah, I noticed like quite a few people crying, especially on the Thursday one, and the Thursday screening in general definitely had the best reactions, just because there was more people. Which, like, from a COVID perspective, was kind of like kept me a little bit on edge, but like. Right. It was also really nice having that kind of group theater experience again yeah. after so long, and like again, pretty full. Only really the front rows the, and the handicap row were not filled. Yeah, which so is it's like standard. R- the front most row and the handicap. Row. Those are the only rows without people, people. Yeah, saw the
2: seats available. We're like, now I get the next screening.
0: I guess it's also <laughs> worth mentioning that our Thursday showing was the IMAX version. Yes, that's a, that's also an important point. Well, that's interesting. The IMAX version, I think we both came with a takeaway that, you know, it didn't add too much. In fact, seeing the Dove the next day, I think that the IMAX version, during one specific part, the part where, you know, Enmu f- shows that he's used the train and, you know... The, the CGI tentacles start showing up. I honestly think that the having that in IMAX almost attracted, like, just clear quality almost, like, made it stand out that the compositing wasn't super perfect and it did, was super awkward, whereas yeah. when I saw The Dublin stay, I was like, oh, you know, not on an IMAX screen, this blended in more seamlessly. And also, I feel like the IMAX version wasn't very well optimized. I feel like no. it's not the type of film that you really get much out of by seeing it in IMAX. Especially sub because of, like, the angle of the screen, too. Yeah. I mean, it also might just be a problem with AMC theaters. Like, sometimes yeah. quality control in AMC theaters can be a little janky. Like, when we saw the last Heaven's Field film, like, the screen was dirty, if you remember. Yes, I noticed and that. was that. so upsetting. Uh, like, there's stains on the screen. The good thing is, in Heaven's Field 3, there isn't many, like, scenes where, like, super light colors Right. And obviously, I got invested in the film, so I forgot about it. But, like, it was very disappointing. Like, clean the screen. Come on. Yeah. I mean, was Heaven's Feel 3 better than Mugen Train, though? You know, that's a hard question. After seeing it two times, like, I think that I'm just so endeared to... The themes of this film, obviously, and, you know, everything involving R- Goku and oh, Tanshiro's arc in the film. And generally, I also have more attached to the Demon Slayer franchise that I may put it above. But I also need to watch Heaven's Field Street again, you know. I've seen this film not like, twice, but Heaven's Field Street, I only watched once. But Heaven's Field Street is, like, so... Good too, and such a great conclusion to that story, and so emotional. Yeah. And I can see what Kim Morrissey was saying in her ANN review that, you know, compared to Heaven's Field Street, the Demon Slayer film, animation wise, it isn't quite at that caliber. It's still incredible, of course, but like, it isn't necessarily the best *ufotable* has done, and it isn't necessarily stronger on the whole than the TV series. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, and this is kind of going out of theater experiences at this point, but I do feel *Heavensfield* three was the pinnacle of Ufa Table*. It's mm-hmm. probably the best thing Ufa Table* has made from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Fate is like their ten pole franchise. It was extremely important. But *Mugen Train* it really felt like just an extension of the TV series for better and worse at times. Like there were some really cool action scenes, especially between Rangoku and Akaza at the end. But for the most part, it didn't. It didn't really meet my expectations on just an average level. There are definitely moments where it felt like, "Oh, this is still reminiscent of what we expected from the a TV, like TV anime." Yeah, TV level production, especially in terms of the amount of you know static moments with characters, which you know that is anime style filmmaking, but it is noticeable, and you would expect just a little more from a theatrical. Yeah. Feature, especially after seeing Violet Evergard, and now Kiyonie is of course on another level on that kind of thing. But but even yeah, like but, other Ufotable films, you look even back to yes. Garden of Sinners. Yes, like yes. I feel there was way less static moments in that compared to this film, and that, that kind of bothers me. Mm. I
2: can uh, I can I can kind of attest to that too. But uh, I think before we go more deeper into that kind of stuff, I'll talk about my theater experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, sorry about that,
2: Marion no i don't think you are but i'll keep going
1: uh yeah. <laughs> i'm, kidding. I'm kidding. kidding i like spicy marion
2: <laughs> thanks that's my that's my host breathing cooking in anyway
1: <laughs> you're <host's>
2: what now <laughs> breathing oh i
1: thought anyway. you said breathing <laughs> breathing
2: <laughs> anyway my 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 theater experience uh i went to the union square regal uh I jokes on me because like it had like 40 X and like the theater name on Fandango. And I thought that meant that the screening was in 4D. <laughs> but it was just a normal screening. I went to the sub one last night at, it was like a 10 20 ish. At first I was really scared because like when I got there, I like sat the previews and stuff. But then like once it be, or it wasn't previews, it was just like normal, like ad stuff. And then like, once it was like 10 20, the screen went black for like a good 3 minutes and there was like nothing happening. And I was like, what the fuck? Is 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 this good? Like I turned around like at least 3 times in like the span of like like 2 minutes to see like is is the real okay? Is is anything happening? I don't know. Wow. Then, like- are
0: Are you sure you didn't see this in an AMC theater? Uh-oh. Oh. I was But, um...
2: After like three or four minutes, like the previews actually did start in, uh, in actuality, and then like I, I saw like some trailers and shit or whatever. I was like, <laughs> it's crazy how they're putting all these live action commercials for shit of like an animated movie. But I'm like, what else are they gonna put? But uh,
0: yeah, it's just like the package deal that yeah. comes with showing uh, theatrical releases. At uh, a wide yeah. like they were also trailers in front of Broly and uh, the second MHA film because they was they were also released under a similar format. Makes sense. Distribution. Uh, mm. This was like
2: this is like the only time I've been in theaters since like I think the last movie I saw was uh what came out first, Premiere or Konosuba? I think they were like near the same time period.
0: Premiere came out before. Konosuba, I think. Then Konosuba I, I, came out later. Konosuba came out later, I think. Okay. Konosuba was the last movie
2: I saw in theaters and that was very packed. Uh it was in a different theater of course, but uh my theater was like uh I think when I came in, I was like one of like three people. I got there pretty early. Um mm. Just cause, like, I wanted to, like, I wanted to get concessions. Uh, I, I bought like a big popcorn, which I did not finish, by the way, because I got so engrossed that I forgot to eat. Uh.
0: The large popcorn is never meant for a single person to finish. Like, if you look the calorie counts, like, that's like a full day's meal worth of calories. She- you should really split it up. And I always make the mistake. It's like we always get popcorn, and learned said, Hey, we'll get popcorn, we'll share. And Wielord never eats any of it, and I end up eating most of it. And I'm like, damn it. I'm hungry. can't like, <laughs> I can't stop myself. Like once <laughs> I start eating and getting gross movie, I just like on. Uncon- that's the danger with popcorn. Then let me hold the bucket. <laughs> you know, maybe that's a good idea. I also got so <laughs> engrossed.
1: I also forgot to eat.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, this is uh, this is the, the only time, and probably the last I'll ever get a large popcorn. <laughs> but uh,
1: I think the last movie I saw in theater was either MHA movie two or that trippy romance movie by the double man guy.
2: Oh, uh, r- r- uh, oh, ride your wave. Ride your wave. I was gonna say ride on me, but that's not at all. <laughs>
0: ride <laughs> oh. on me, no. It doesn't think- turn into a car. This isn't the Utena movie. Right if only on it only was the Utena me. movie.
3: <laughs> right on me. But, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right okay. on shooting
0: star. <laughs> oh, oh, no, yes. Let's go
3: back to that one.
2: Um, the theater itself was fine. Like, I think more people started coming in, like, during, like, I think, like, five minutes into the previews, uh to be fair though i like i think at max there were probably like 20 25 people total in the theater uh i was like kind of surprised I-, I was expecting more uh in my row there was only like three people including me and we were all like spread out of course uh there were not that many people in front i was like on like i would say like the middle closer to like the first third of the seats i think i was like row f or whatever um in front of me, there was only, like, a group of two and a group of three and like, different, uh, sides. And then behind me, uh, I know that there was, like, a couple. There were three people who came in together and then, like, some scattered other people. Uh, I was, I was, I was legit kind of surprised because, like, I, I was expecting, like, even with, like, uh, COVID regulations to, for there to be more, just more people in general. But, uh the the experience watching the movie was like you know it's fine like not that many people uh they weren't that like uh loud or i guess like responsive as a crowd uh i did hear people like for like more surprising moments i would hear like gasps and like
5: Mm
2: -hmm. um for like general like oohs and ahs for like some of the the spectacle scenes which was like cool like at least uh it wasn't like completely dead um uh yeah, I don't know. I th- I enjoyed my ex- my experience for the most part. Um it it was it felt very like weird just like in retrospect because like every time I've gone to see an anime movie in theaters like it's usually with like a lot of diehard fans and like they either get like it's either like in like like, like the two experiences I think of the most are like DB DBS Broly where it's like that, move, that theater was, like, erupting with, like, hype and, like, people shouting yeah. and screaming and, and, like, everything. And then, like, or uh, when I saw the first Heaven's Feel, uh, and it's just people, like, cracking up at, like, the the most oblique of references and shit, I'm just like, the guy's just eating mapo tofu. Why that is there? Is mapo that? <laughs> tofu was delicious, though!
0: Yeah, people laughed at that scene when we saw it, too. It's pretty great.
2: Yeah. But, um, no, yeah, I mean... It was cool though like you could still tell people really enjoyed it uh, before like as I was getting like my popcorn I saw I saw one person in like uh, I think he was hold- he he was wearing like a like a Tanjiro jacket with like the the checkered green and black and then uh, general like th- there's some people with like anime shirts and stuff like that but besides that not much in the realm of like cosplay and stuff um I think there were a couple people like who came specifically to see Mortal Kombat because I think they were there was like the theater or the the room right next to the Demon Slayer one, which is kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I think my my experience was very tame. I did meet a, a cool fan like after, and I I, I shouted out the podcast. Cool, we like, oh, well,
5: listen,
2: uh, Randy, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, I, I I think your name is Randy. I. If I remembered your name wrong, I'm really sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we can talk about the movie itself now, I guess.
0: It's bad. Come on, V Lords. Enough with these lies. <laughs> Turn off his <laughs> mic. Enough <None> of these <laughs> bad jokes. Let's <laughs> kick his ass. I, it's so tired. like saying, oh, something we obviously thought was good was bad. No, it was good, damn it. We all know it was good. Did we expect it not to be good? I mean, we knew what Shakespeare. We knew that Ufotable would deliver. We knew what the story was all about, and boy, how did Ufa table bring it to laugh? Yeah, I mean, after how much uh, Daryl Harding Daza hyped it up to like me, Marion Skaki, like I kind of knew it was gonna be good. I mean, it's Ufotable, it's Demon Slayer, but what what could go wrong? True, unless they just bad made the production, paper, I guess, or they, oh, they just crutch. made the entire movie about Sanitsu
2: okay you know what can i bring this up like i surprisingly i find i found myself laughing more at like zenitsu scenes than i did in osuke scenes
0: zenitsu scenes were pretty funny in this
2: film i i legit like i was i had to stifle some of my light laughter from like when the guy like entered Zenitsu's mind palace and was like, "Where's the, where's the subconscious?" And then he just oh, like, yes, that was like, an
0: expertly <laughs> done scene. Like, yeah,
2: yeah just nothing personnel. So but why are you a guy in here?
0: <laughs> Where's <laughs> Cow? <Nessica? laughs> Both Hiroshimono and Alex Lee did amazing job with Zinitsu. I feel, feel so generally bad for the comedy. Yes. I mean, the worst of it, though, is at the beginning when Zinitsu is freaking out about the demons on the train. That's the most screamy he is, and it's the most <gasps> annoying. After that, it's Don't
1: leave fun me stuff. alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the screams make it easy to find a theater room. That definitely. Is-
0: you <laughs> hear the well, door
1: open you hear Zenitsu shouting about stuff, it's like, oh, the movie's dead
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as I uh, burn Zenitsu constantly yeah, he, he was not that bad at this film but Inosuke, man, that Inosuke oh my god, Inosuke like, again Bryce Pinkham, Yoshi Sugu, Matsoka—amazing performances in this film. Extremely funny stuff, but I just love the flourishes they made to Inosuke's fantasy, where we see the train. Imagine it's like a centipede as monster. In general, like that was that just added so much. Like the way they expanded on just the little little things here and there in the film. Like, it's, in general, a fateful to the manga story, but they just add just these little extra touches to bring out so much flavor and just make the experience just so much more enhanced and fun and enjoyable. It was so great. Yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell, they didn't cut anything. In fact, they just added stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They, they do expand on some things. Like, there are a lot of character moments that are given more time to breathe and given more, like, big emphasis and weight to it. Like, it's just... Yeah, they really made this film feel like it, and they made every moment feel like a big moment. Mm, and that's definitely. what you want from a film.
1: I think it just felt like a really, really, really long episode of the show, but in a movie.
0: Well, it is that. It is more of the story, more of the show, but, you know, it is it was a good arc to choose for a film because it is relatively short, and the scale of it, the scope of it, it feels like it has the weight it needs to for a big screen experience and Ufotable also knew to enhance it to be that experience in terms of like embellishing a lot of the action like there's just so much of the action that is just expanded upon and given so much more extra flourish like just so much of the rengoku akaza fight is like Inventing this film almost, or like so much more of it is shown in this film that was ever in the manga. Like, particularly amazing choreography, Mm -hmm. like the big attacks, like just so much flash and just so much power and just intensity to them. And I just love the little details that they make sure to add in. We see how Rengoku gets his ribs broken when Akaza punches him in the side. We see the moment where he crushes his eye, where Akaza like punches his sword, and he slips past his sword, and hits Rengoku in the eye and crushes it, and we see Rengoku fall back. We see these moments that were skipped over in the manga, and it just adds so much more to the desperation, the sense of Rengoku being slowly withered down in this fight. It just makes the fight just so much more (laughs) intense, emotional, desperate. And compelling and trawling. it's just yes. masterfully directed. <laughs> I think I, I love. I think you made Marion have an orgasm.
2: <laughs> I'm just copying Bison from the Street Fighter. Uh, uh,
0: the one, the one thing Lana, I want. to competing franchise. What's a Mortal Kombat uh, sign of <laughs> enthusiasm? Um, well, I, we can. I don't know. know. how
2: Mortal Kombat did compared to Demon's. <laughs> <Stair>. <laughs> the one thing I
0: want to add on to that too is that I really like that they. Got rid of a lot of the third person narration yes. in that arc. Yes, they they did what the hunter hunter anime should have done. Right, and made it actual character dialogue. No, yeah, they interwove a lot of stuff that was third person omniscient narration in the manga into character dialogue, like when Muz like uh, when is explaining motivations and details of his plan and. Like, also when Rengoku, in his subconscious, recognizes the girls trying to destroy his spiritual core, and she, in the in this film, she is the one who recognizes what's going on, where in the original, it's like oh third-person omniscient variation. Can I make a
2: very tasteless joke?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: sure.
2: Oh, When I saw, uh, when I was watching the scene where, like, oh, Rengoku, like, suddenly, like, defends himself, and he starts, like, choking the girl who's, like, trying to Kill his uh spirit spiritual core or whatever. In my head, I I was gasping because I was like, is Rengoku gonna have to choke a bitch?
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought, thought that too, but but you beat mm, uh, I'm so glad you said that. Now it's it, interesting
0: that there <laughs> are because the narration was gotten rid of, there are like some details that are not fully explained that were explained in the manga. For example, like that Rengoku you know, choking that girl, you know. In the manga, it's made clear that Goku would never kill a human, so that's why he's at a crossroads. That's why, like, he's at a standstill with like what he ha- what he's doing in that moment. That's not necessarily communicated in the film. Like, we we don't really get that context.
2: Yeah, we only get that like he's just defending himself subconsciously as like an- a reflex.
5: That's all they say.
0: Similarly, the manga explains that Tanjiro manifested visions of himself and his father to give him the hints he needed to figure out, like, how to break free of Emu's spell. The manga, is, uh, the anime, the film does not make that, like, kind of explicit point with him saying oh I'm manifesting myself and my father to help guide me through this like in this film they lead more to your interpretation and trusting the audience to understand it which I appreciate like one bit where I really like that they did in this film is when Nezuko wakes up and is trying to get Tanjiro to wake up like in the manga we have like her in a thought bottle thinking that she wants to get head pats from Tanjiro in this film though we see her like lift Tanjiro's head and like pat her head with Tantrava's hand. And it's just like, like. yeah, exactly. There's a lot of that in this film that I really appreciate. It just, again, I think uh, like what Wheeler is saying, like getting rid of that third person on generation and just weaving that into like dialogue and actions in the story. It's just such a huge improvement. And just like, I really appreciated it. Like, yeah. I like that. Like, it's the best part definitely was also with uh, the guy that had tuberculosis. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, that's my oh, favorite part in the, the manga, fucking- there, <laughs> It's just the narrator to be like, okay, this is why yeah. he's not angry anymore. No, this time it's him reflecting on what he experienced inside Tanjiro's soul. And, like, how that affected him. Like, all of that that was originally narration, it's just his dialogue. And that connects us so much more to that character. And one mm-hmm. detail I love that they add in this film is that... We see that that character with Torporoculosis that was connected to Tanjiro, we see him like when he's in Tanjiro's dream, like he's just kind of standing by a tree, just like waiting, kind of just like not, not really making his move. And it's like you get this sense that this guy, he doesn't really want to necessarily destroy Tanjiro's gore, he would have been content to let Tanjiro keep dreaming if he never realized the truth, and that's why he was hesitating there, and why didn't do anything until Tanjiro woke up and left his family, and that's when he realized, well, I guess I do have to destroy his core. Like, I like that. It's just such a small extra scene. Like, a, just a couple extra seconds, but so much more context and character <laughs> is communicated in that than just adds so much. It's almost as if you should let people interpret things. Yeah. Yes. exactly. I,
1: like, the, it leaves room for...
2: Sorry, it's Allie, go ahead.
1: They said, yeah, but we're like an in hour into this thing, but I'm just saying nobody's talked about the
0: music. It's very good. I really appreciate it. Obviously, when Tanjiro is meeting his family and he's making that big emotional like farewell that they do play a refrain of Tanjiro and Uta. Now, they don't use the full vocal version, but like kind of like a version that has kind of like hums in it, but it, like, it's, yeah, great it's like a great emotional, undercurrent thematic thing to put in that. It just was really well used.
1: Also, there was some track in it that like sounded like, Drums or dark? Yes, yeah, we're in the
2: Yes,
0: the adder uh, Oh, you mean uh, the uh, remix
2: da. pillar theme? That's literally is a fucking pillar.
0: Theme <laughs> okay, that's what it reminded me of too,
2: kind
0: of. I
5: I I Except
1: I was literally it's, jamming out to all the songs in the movie, and everyone was like, "What the hell are you doing?" And was like, "Bro, this shit's <laughs> awesome."
0: Yeah. Also, Homer at the end. Such an emotional song. Just so perfect the way it leads into the credits. And the lyrics, like, this is my first time really seeing the lyrics. Just so poignant and gut punch. Like, just such a great song about grief and just acceptance of, like, a person in your life you loved and then just moving on. It's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Also, I, I do want to bring Sakaki in on this, cause if I recall, he refused to listen to the <laughs> song before the
1: I movie. Did too. How did you survive?
3: I mean, I just didn't listen to it. <laughs> I I don't know how to answer that question. Um, yeah, it, it was a good song. I I really liked it. Like, um I I will say maybe it's because I just recently read the manga from manga Mavericks, so it was still really fresh in my mind, so Things that might have made me cry when, if, well, although I guess I don't get very emotional anyway, but things that might have made me cry if I'd forgotten a lot of it, that it didn't hit as hard because I just read it. But um, I will say, like, uh, but yeah, Homeboy is a really good song. I liked it more lyrically than musically, to be honest with you.
0: The lyrics are so good.
3: Yeah, the lyrics were super good. I, I did really like those. But musically, I was just kind of like, yeah, it's a Lisa song.
0: I highly recommend uh, watching the uh, watching the first take video that Lisa did for Homura, like because you can really see how emotional she gets like while singing the song, and mm-hmm. like afterwards, like she's just sobbing. Actually, it, like, it carries through. Yeah, and she's like, this song reminds me of like so many emotions, mm-hmm. and you can really kind of tell that when she's singing it
1: really depressing. I think it might have been more depressing than that one in episode nineteen, but I need to compare
0: the levels of pain. The one in episode nineteen isn't that depressing. It's more like yeah, it's more of, more of an hopeful. uplifting song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's
3: more like that's more of an uplifting song than a depressing one, I'd say.
0: Even this one's not really meant to be depressing, more of like somber.
3: Yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to check out the first take. Maybe that'll be like more That'll be more resonant with me, but I mean, this isn't me saying, oh, it was a shitty song and I I was better off not hearing it at all. I mean, but I appreciate it more lyrically, I I guess, like emotionally, going tracking back to what you guys were saying about the movie. I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but yes, you're right. It's like it was just basically a longer TV episode, and there's nothing wrong with that per se, especially with the nature of this movie being just a continuation of the TV series. So, like, because, yeah, for the whole time I was l- watching it, I was just like, this is good, but was it? Is it as really as good as I was expecting from this? And, and, again, it's by no means a bad movie. Like, animation-wise, writing-wise, everything is really up there. But I'm just like, yeah, there were kind of a lot of stag moments that you'd expect from the TV series. Though, again, I didn't, like, really get as emotional as I thought, but I will say, Inosuke at the end, like, when he's just you know yeah. telling Tanjiro basically you know if what's the point of crying about this you know rather than wondering if you can go do it and everything like oh like that guy was speaking some truth like, So
0: good. I just love the animation of him just flailing his r- arms while crying like again the character animation of this like they do some really great character ideas It's so good like that's mm. so much I think like yeah yeah, Inosuke really is best girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Inosuke is best everything.
3: I mean, yeah, Inosuke really did. It's just like his roles in the movie were like super good, like all of them. Even even the comedic stuff, like what's inside of his dream and everything like that, where he's offering Bunny Nezuko like chestnuts. <laughs> the, 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 is yeah, yeah. yeah,
5: that yeah.
0: Was funny. I love how Zenitsu basically just looks like Iyabi and is like mine too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> yes. to resemble and a mouse. What I thought, yeah. Too. With his buck toot. And it's like not just in in Inosuke's fantasy, but also in Rengoku's fantasy. And like when they're first getting their tickets, but she has buck toot. That's just how people see him.
3: (laughs) I love how over the top that was too. Like in the manga, it was just like, you know, maybe it's just because of the nature of the manga, of course. But the anime was just so off. They're like, like Aniki! And they're, they're like flying around yeah. and everything. They really <laughs> like, play up the cartooniness of
0: it and like the fantasiness of it in the film. Whereas in the manga, it's like not as exaggerated to the point where you could buy it as something that maybe happened before you realize, oh no, this they're already under the dream at this point. Where's our Inosuke Splunky video game? <laughs> I, would, I would play that, yeah. A little RPG with Inosuke as a cave explorer with all his band of companions.
3: Yes, I no. need this. Maybe and Byss, but everything's the same, but Inosuke's main character. <laughs> so. Actually, that would make it better. <laughs> Let's do it.
2: I don't know I feel like I feel like Tanjiro's role in the movie was like very well defined just the fact that like oh he's a main character with main character powers he's the one first one to wake up but like I think the way that everything was framed like around like how the all the events that happen uh how they're framed with like oh uh Tanjiro was the impetus for like this part of the plot to move forward or to continue or whatever because like I think it was done pretty well to be honest um just like like I said, like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's the first one to wake up, but that's because he has this bond with Nezuko. And, like, Nezuko is usually able to use her blood demon art to wake him up. And then, like, that leads to, like, once he's uh, aware of the situation and, like, uh, how to free the others, like, then that's Nezuko's role, I guess. But, like, um, I don't know. I-, I think the way that, like, is like, the point of view character of the audience in terms of, like oh, these are all the things that are happening. Uh, let's see how the crew gets through it through the eyes of this character. Like, I, I think it was done very, very competently in a way that, like, I was pretty engaged, even though, like, yeah, like, I read the manga. But, like, also, uh, the way that uh, the way that they were able to frame, uh, like, these events, like, I feel like I'm just talking in circles, but, like, it, it worked really, really well um
0: yeah i think a definite strength of this arc in the material is that this arc is really about tanjiro really confronting kind of the grief he still carries about losing his family and like the regrets he left behind about you know not being able to continue living that life here he has to confront that like directly in this dream world where he can continue and choose to stay here in this dream where he's still with his family he can still live out this life he always thought he would leave but he realizes no he has to leave that out he has to confront reality, and he needs to move on, accept this grief, accept what has happened in his past, and realize he has to keep moving forward. That's also what ties into the climax with Rengoga. It also ties into basically all the tantrums motivation in this film of him wanting to protect all the lives on this train, prevent any more tragedies, any more lives being taken away, lost in front of him. And that's what makes a gut punch of the end so tragic, is that Tanjiro witnesses someone that he cares about die in front of him, and he can't do anything. He was powerless to help or stop it. And yeah, but like that-
2: the, be- the what makes that work so well is just the fact that part of Tanjiro's like acceptance and like being able to like move on from like the tragedy is also accepting the fact that he's weak and like that mm-hmm. he ha- he has grown stronger, but not maybe as fast or as powerful as he would. Liked, and then th- that that acknowledgement is like very very important because then later once frankoku is out and like protecting them from like akaza he he acknowledges like yeah uh tanjiro may not be strong as i am but he has uh something and and like part of the, du- the duty of the strong is to protect the weak and so that they can grow stronger and then they can they can do the same thing later on Is that kind of like theme of, like, passing the torch on or whatever. is like, something that we talked a lot about uh, whenever we discussed the manga. And, like, just seeing that presented so, like, gracefully, I think, in this film was, like, oh, it it was... It added to the gut punch. And it also, like, really made Rengoku's character click for me because, like, I I was a fan of, uh, of, like, him in the the manga or whatever. But then, like, something about, like, this rendition, like, really, really just hit me because I think, like, just the pacing and, like, the way that little hints and stuff are like scattered like it it, we get to see like in his uh Rengoku's dream world about like his relationship with his family and his mom is alluded to but then like the actual flashback with his mother and the ideals that she instilled into him um and like how that informed his role as like a protector and how he like interacts with other people as like uh like an upholder of justice who like uh saves others and stuff like that is just like it was great. Like, I, I, it even, like, it helped me overlook the fact that, like, oh, yeah, they really just introduced his mom to, like, show her, like, oh, yeah, she, she's she's getting frizzed. But also, check out check out this, like, formative moment, you know? Uh, I don't know. It, it's really... No,
0: thematically, it all really works well because the lessons that Ruka passed on to uh, Rengoku, his mother passed on to him like he also in turn instills that same uh, lesson for Tanjiro the next generation he believes in them that they will grow to be pillars that will protect the weak like that like again it is about this kind of intergenerational passing of others but also like you know accepting those feelings of those that have on and have passed on and carrying on and moving forward to live up to like those expectations and to do right by those expectations uh, and that responsibility that you now carry
2: yeah because even before the whole realization and like acceptance of Tandro that he was like he's not as strong as he wants to be uh, he's still going out of his way to defend other people and like even uh, the scenes where he has to, he like not has to where he displays his empathy toward people who even harmed him, uh, the conductor guy, the
0: the yeah the, the engineer who, who stabbed who was trying to stab Noskivet Tantr got in the way and yeah. he stabbed instead. Yes, and yeah, all the Tund- kids
2: with the alls who were like uh, trying to like
0: yeah uh, yeah they do, they do they. The were, teamed up with Emu because he promised them that they would have eternal dreams where they could just, you know, be reunited with their loved ones or just live happier lives. Have happy dreams. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, he preyed on their desperation in that way. Like, they want to escape from reality, but Tantro chooses to confront reality and realizes even though it's hard, even though it's painful, like, he needs to move forward. Yeah. Like, But also, I, I think it's so... You know, that, that lesson Tancho has to learn at the end of the film, like r- overcoming his grief at the, of uh, Rengoku's death and like, you know, moving forward. Like, he also, it is also an extension of what he realizes from the dream sequence with his family that, you know, his family, they would never, you know, disparage him for living, for continuing on with his life. And he, he recognizes no they would never say those things and that's such an important thing it's like no you should not feel bad you should you should not feel like yo you are not deserving of continuing on to live when someone else has passed away like you know you they would not want that for you they want the best for you and you should do right by them to live the best life you can to fight for the best life that you can have Mm, yeah i think like the the general theme in this one i really kind of say something is kind of like confronting reality in Mm. a way um especially like the line that really hit me was when tanjiro was mentioning like i kind of wish this world was a dream yes exactly yeah, and like at the end too, where like Rengoku, like you said, he's very accepting of his own death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I almost like kind of teared up a little bit when he's like talking about tell my brother to, uh, to keep like yeah working hard and, and like no matter uh,
2: what path he follows, it will be the right one.
0: My father take care of himself. So that's such yeah. a beautiful sentence, and it's such simple things. Yeah. It's like what what you'd really say to any family member, regardless of if it was a demon slayer, but it really hits just because of. The performance and just how it's framed, and like I like Marion, like I like Rengoku in the manga. I thought he was a great character, but the film really did a good job of making me fall Care in love with him. Yes, <laughs> no, Marion, did you say him. kill him? Care more, <laughs> I think. More, but. more, more
5: not yeah. just pure. oh
0: okay I thought you said like killing. him I think Brandon Goku's characterization was extremely strong <laughs> in the film they added more emphasis to all of his scenes they spent a little more time with him even though they didn't like add a ton more scenes with him they spent more time with him in those scenes in terms of the length of the movie the time he's spending with him in the movie so by the time we get to the end like we know the character we feel for the character's body, we understand thematically the connection between him and Tanjiro and what he means to Tanjiro when he represents Sinatra, why is that? Is so affecting to him? Mm. Mm-hmm.
4: Am I the only one who, like, while I was watching the movie like, suddenly it, like, clicked and I was like, this is the All Might version. Yes, that was my brain, I too. Was, um, what was that scene? Uh, he oh, I think it was after he woke up he, like, showed up and I was like, Watashi wa kita! And, <laughs> Like, I was waiting for him to say it, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, wrong show, but yeah. (laughs) Same vibe.
3: (laughs) all I could think of the whole time was just, like, cool, at the end of this movie, we got Katsura and, like, friggin' um, Kamui fighting each other.
4: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I I came for Ishida, and I stayed for the boys. Yes, I
0: really gotta (laughs) praise Ishida's performance, too, because he really got the subtleties of Akaza's character down to a T. Yes. Yeah.
2: Begrudgingly, I have to admit, my favorite voice actor is a good voice actor. Even if That's <laughs> not the role I want in.
0: Yeah. Have to be to- <laughs> I mean, given, like, we aren't going to know, like, Akaza's backstory for a very long time, like, it really kind of nails down the frustration he's having at Rengoku for not accepting his offer. Yeah. And, like, it's like... Akaza's can't come to terms like what Rengoku doesn't want to become a demon but he's so strong what's gonna happen to all that power it really goes to show just how much nuance can be captured in a vocal performance like this is the same dialogue as in the manga but just so much more emotional nuance of like where Akaza's coming from and where he's talking to Rengoku like that just tells you so much more about the character it makes him feel like so much more of a multi-dimensional character the the conversation they were
2: having was just like it's it, it's something one of those things that i love in like battle shonen where it's just like oh yes we're going to talk about our ideals while we're like fucking going at each other and it's just like oh my god like it landed so well uh just n- not just because like the animation was so good but like the actual like content inside the words that they were saying um like akaza's relationship with himself as a martial artist and what he strives for and acknowledging uh, strength as like a, like an ideal in other people and like Rengoku's like oh yeah strength of course I have it but like that's I wield re- I it for different reasons that you do and w- that's why we'll never get along and like just like the back and forth that they had was so fucking good like even with like the added, uh, added without the added context of like a, a manga reader and knowing what his actual backstory is in the future like I was completely content just like with this encounter because it it uh it really added exactly to uh the kind of stuff that Rengoku was like teaching Tanjiro as like a uh, like a like a senior and just like we get like the whole oh you should become my Subiko and I'll just teach you teach you or whatever and like we're kind of we kind of just like roll with it but like throughout the film like once everyone's awake and stuff like you do see him actually treating uh like both Tanjiro and Inosuke as like actual pupils and like instilling like his own wisdom and like through his life experience and like stuff that he knows into them and I feel like that's what really helped his character land and like like I I feel like when I was reading like I I understood in my brain like everything that was happening but when you get to see the actual um like actions like animated I guess like it's a, it's a little more, it's a little more different, I guess. Um, well,
0: that's because there's so much more subtleties are communicated through the character animation, the character acting. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, just to talk about Akaza, like, that's another point in the anime's favor. Like, it, if it, there's so much about Akaza character communicated through the fight in the film. Like, you'll notice that in the fight that Akaza, like, he does not care at all about the damage he's receiving at all. Like, he'll lose limbs, he'll have his his fingers get cut off like he that's he does not care about his own body like because he's just so confident that he's going to regenerate like he does not place any value in that meanwhile Rengoku has to pay attention to protecting himself but he still fights on and presses Akaza anyway there's like just so much more about how Akaza sees his own body just sees his own life like and, and body, like, in, as a part of his life, like, that he doesn't take any mind of, like, the damage he's receiving, like, he just continues fighting on just for the chill of the fight like because he's just so confident that he will not be killed no matter what like I just that's just there's a lot of great characterization detail in that mm, yeah totally that reminds me too of like in our theater on Thursday people were like super grossed out at the initial Akaza scene where oh it's so great like, it's such a great extension like this is the same action that happens in the manga like Akaza's arm being split in half but just that extra scene of it, we see him just like flaunting his split in half arm just it flopping about and then him. And, like, just twisting it back to regenerate. Just that extra emphasis on that scene. Again, going to what I was talking about, like, you're showing his characterization, showing, like, his value set and how that's different from Goku. Like, that's such a great addition.
2: Character mm-hmm. acting.
0: Exactly. I mean, thematically, this is just, it's such important an important emphasis to make. And I'm glad the movie goes wrong with this distinction. Because the The difference in ideology between Rengoku and Akaza is the idea of what strength is. Like Akaza, just considers strength as part of a uh, physical power. Meanwhile, you know, Rengoku is like, no, there are. There's the greatest strength humans have is strength of will, like the strength to carry on, to move forward, even though humans die, even though humans suffer pain and they suffer injuries, they can't recover. The fact that humans are strong enough to keep fighting anyway is what makes him strong. And that's why I just so love the And because says, this boy, Tondro, is not weak. Do not insult him. Because he is seeing Tanjiro's strength for a second. He knows that he has an inner strength, a strength that Akaza, someone who gave up on his humanity just for the pursuit of physical power, does not have. It's just such a great moment, and it was just beautifully executed in the anime. Like these thematic ideas, the thematic contrast, beautifully captured in the animation. I really, I really love
2: on top of just that, like,
0: uh, how
2: with that ideological battle we get a a really good sense of just like uh because of like their because of like how we saw them fight uh how how their values like uh informed the way that they fought and how you know akasa just like treats his body as a tool or whatever as soon as the sun comes out and he runs away his whole thing is that like no i have to i have to i have to live or whatever but then like when tanjiro calls him a coward and says that like oh you're just running away because the sun is coming out uh Uh, Rengoku didn't actually lose because you're running away and then it's just like that really like the fact that Akaza reacts and he has that scene where it's just like oh his his, like veins are bulging because he's pissed off because he knows that like he can't just like go back outside and just like shut the kid up because the sun is out but like it did like mess with him because he still has that martial artist mentality of like not backing down and
0: facing things head on um yeah, but also like in his mindset, like he he does think he's won the fight because he's killed Ringoku, and that's all he cares about. Like, oh, I won because I killed this guy, but that's not at the core of what the fight was about. Ringoku is fighting to protect everyone, to protect the lives of Tanjo and Nosuke and all the passengers, and he succeeded. He fended Akaza off. He and did we see that it's he from
2: uh uh, uh 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 I forgot how to pronounce his name. Uh, master of the mansion,
0: Ubiashiki. No, Ubiashiki is. See- yeah, that's what Ubiashiki comments on. Like he did a amazing job. Not a single one of the passengers died. And in addition to, uh, I really, I really
2: love that scene, especially because he's the one person who was just like he he said he spouts like words of like positivity of like they accomplished their goal or whatever. And everyone else is kind of like mourning uh, Rengoku, which obvi- it makes sense, obviously. Like you're gonna. You're going to be sad about it. But like, uh, Ubiashiki is sad, but he's also like looking forward. And like, because of Rengoku's actions, like all these people managed to survive and like,
0: yeah. Right. And Ubiashiki also knows like, you know, my time is also almost, I will be joining you soon. You know, I will, you know, yeah, I will meet with them in the world after, but yeah, like the way Rengoku died is honorable in, cause he, you know, he protected the lives of others. Like, he lived up to the responsibilities entrusted upon him. He stood by his beliefs and his ideals. He protected the innocent. Like, he lived just such an honorable life. And that's, of course, ultimately, you know, Ubiyashiki's message is, also, uh, Ubyashiki's belief is also, you know, it does not matter, like, me, myself, my life. Because what matters is what I leave behind, the people I leave behind, and they will live on past me. So I'm not afraid of my own debt, but I will cease through like the people who have been entrusted to me, who I have been entrusted with protecting and guiding, I will be I will do right by them. Mm, yeah, I think this is the part in the series where I really started to, Find Ubiyashiki fascinating just because of like his perspective on life, and it's, it really goes back in this film's context goes back to the idea of kind of accepting reality, accepting fate, and Ubiyashiki's doing that just by like saying like, okay, yeah, I will be meeting Red Goku soon. I am also. Headed towards a similar direction, and I just love that the film has that bookend with those Ubiashiki scenes. I love that scene they added.
3: Yeah, I was about to say, I, I really, I really did like that. It, the movie opened up with him, like. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it was mentioned in this arc specifically or before. It was probably before that he remembers the name of everybody. Like, mm-hmm. and I mm. like that. I like that that's just not an empty thing that he just kind of said, yeah, yeah, I know everybody's name. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. I
0: mean, he says that he's saying all those names at the beginning of the film, too. So. Yeah. He's counting the names of all the followers. That, yeah. That's, a,
3: that's what I'm saying. Like, he mentioned it, like, before, and now we're seeing it before. I mean, because anybody could just say, yeah, I kind of, I know everybody's name. But I like that we see that. But, I mean, not to go too far back, just before I forget this point, um, we were talking about how um, Ak- like Akasa's the one who lost and everything like that, and we said, oh, I know Lum mentioned that, oh, he won in killing, um, uh, in ridding, in, uh, killing Ren Goku, but in a way, he even lost that, because remember, his whole thing was like, I want you to be a demon. Like, killing him was just like, okay, he's not gonna join the team. and Even up until the point where he, like, Basically, gave him a fatal blow. He blow. He's like, "Guy, you're not dead yet. We can still do. We can still fix you. Come on, just
0: say yes." <laughs> Akasa failed at what he set out to do, and yeah, I, again, I just love again the acting here that communicates Akasa's frustration that he really, really did want Rinkoku to accept his offer I and mean, become the He really d- was so frustrated that Rengoku refused and ultimately died. Rengoku, don't worry, buddy. We brought the super glue.
4: We can <laughs> save it. you. Stop it. Stop it. it. <laughs> Stop, tape.
2: V lord I think you forgot that flames can melt glue. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're never going to get away from that Genya stuff, are we? We're just going to gonna keep that up. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, it's just really interesting to me. Like, even in that aspect, like uh Akaza is just a complete loser like not in the sense of like I mean even the thing he set out to come and do he didn't get to do that he didn't kill he didn't kill anybody on the train he didn't he didn't he he killed Rengoku but that's not what he wanted to do either and he couldn't even go back and like you know whoop Tanjiro's ass for talking shit about him so it's like Uh, he didn't get to do
2: I guess we could just recall we could rename the movie Akaza's no good very bad day
0: <laughs> I mean, yes. that's only a third of the movie, though. Like, what about the the first two thirds? Okay, Emu's not sucked. in it.
2: Can I can I be outright like Enmu Like, seeing him in the movie like re-
0: made me realize like, damn, his
2: character is so flat. And like, I mean, really? I now that's
0: interesting because I liked him so much more in the film. I thought he was so much more fun and interesting. Yeah, I, I actually felt for him when he passed away because I think it adds so much to his characterization. <laughs> No, I actually... No, I understood though. I understood him, I think, a little more. Because I he really was limiting this frustration of, like, man, the only people who survive in this world are the Chosen Strong, like the upper-ranked demons. Like, the upper-ranked demons, the ranks haven't changed for a 100 years. He desperately wanted to reach those ranks. He wanted to think of himself as one of the Chosen. He thought he would be because he received so much of Muzan's blood. And I like that as set up for then seeing... Uh, cause to show up, establishing the... The level of strength difference between a lower ring and upper ring. But also, this idea of chosen ones. People who are chosen to be strong, chosen for destiny. That ties into the ideological conflict between Akaza and Goku. Where Akaza is saying, Kyodro, you are one of the chosen strong. Demons Can are only the chosen. You have been chosen by me. You should become a demon. And Goku is thinking, no. He's thinking his flashback with his mother. His mother is saying, you have been chosen, Kyodro, for your strength. But because of that responsibility... Because of that strength, because you have this gift that is greater than others, you have the responsibility to use that to protect others, protect the weak, to preserve the world. Never for your own selfishness, for the sake and benefit of others. Mm -hmm. Like... And, uh, it yeah, thematically yeah. I, it all connects I really appreciated it I think it, Edwin's uh, character was very much enhanced just by the performance of the actors in both the dub and sub they did a great job handing him up and just making a lot of fun to listen to and hear like spout his like gleeful musings about like and trapping people in the dreams, but also like taunting Tancho about like, Oh, you're wondering why I'm still alive, even though my head's cut off. Well, I fused in the train and boats up and done. Great performance. Great moment there when he exclaims that. But also, yeah, again, when he passes away, like, I think it very much captures the point of the character and what he's setting up and establishing in this arc in context to the later and Goku fight and all this idea about being chosen about strength what is strength responsibility is strength like I, yeah, I get the connection now that
2: you, you spell it out but in the moment I definitely that definitely went over my head and like I can appreciate it now that we're talking about it but in the moment when I was watching it I was just like oh god like every other demon death that we got was, like, oh, this personal backstory, or, like, I get that, like, it would get old after a while to go into every single demon's, like, oh, this is why I became a demon, or, like, this is how, uh, uh, like, uh, my personal life as a human before informs my my now demon powers, or something, like, along those lines. Uh, when I saw, like, his death throws, it came off to me more that, uh, it was more like a scene of, like, trying to hype up The Kizuki, which is like... I mean, obviously, it's more...
0: No, I really like it because he's lamenting, no, this person was better than me. No, no, this person was better than me. He's just thinking about all these people who ended up being better than him and stronger than him. And he's just lamenting that, you know, he, even though he so desperately wanted to be strong, he desperately had these big ambitions for himself. Like, he could not live up to them. He was not, as he thought, one of the chosen. And mm. he just laments that. I, I think that ties in so well with you know establishing the upper rank demons and the difference between them but also just thematically in context of the of what the arc is trying to say.
2: Yeah, I don't know what could have been done for me to actually like pick up on that faster to be honest. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it is a wordy point that he's just not a sympathetic character because he is a sociopath. I mean, he's uh, like a lot of the compelling characters in the series in the demons in the series like they do have like, you know, uh of trauma in their past, like a lacking longing that twisted them when they became a demon, uh, like and so they are compelling in that way Enmu is like more of a selfish creature, but I think that works for he the He still arc. looks kind of uh, pretty dope. No, he has a good character design, I appreciate that too, but yeah like, uh, I think that he works very well. Because, yeah, is definitely hotter though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah akaza is the chad of the movie yeah. <laughs> and i kind of feel that's why in a way and gets overshadowed by the end for me like i i definitely respect Enmu's character like well, right but i mean when you get akaza i mean you yeah know. oh that that akaza yeah, I mean, that yeah. akaza
2: he was just the first chorus to be honest
0: yeah mm-hmm. one thing I, I want to just quickly switches into before I, like i forget is Since, like, we saw the dub, and to be clear, like, we're gonna do a more dub-focused episode uh, of Mugen Train later, too, with a different panel. But since I have Lum here, and Lum saw it dubbed, and they won't be on that. Lum, what did you think of the dub? I mean, I thought it was excellent, you know. um, I think... One thing you'll notice with a lot of dubs that have been coming out in the pandemic era is that the audio quality—if you listen closely—it's going to, it is going to sound like how you might sound. Uh, hear like a podcast audio sign, even a really good podcast audio, like it's not going to be crystal clear in my quality. There's going to be some radio noisiness to it. You can definitely tell that with certain performances in this film. Like I think Bryce as um, Inosuke in particular, a little bit with Zenitsu, uh, but overall, still quality acting. It's still pretty sounded good. My experience was, you know, I was still immersed in it. I didn't pay too much attention to, like, the nuances of the sound quality and whatnot. I think that Mark Witten was just fantastic as Ringoku. Like, I liked Satoshi Hino's performance. I really appreciated Mark Witten. He's not as, like, bombastic, like, in the beginning his parts, especially as Ringoku, when he's, like, screaming loudly and, uh, like, Just bluntly about things, but like in terms of the emotional nuances of, uh, you know, Rengoku's character. I think he captured those expertly, especially at the, you know, big emotional climaxes at the end, just really brilliantly. Landon McDonald, again, it up very well as enemy. I really enjoyed his performance. Great villain performance. Lucian Dodge, also great performance as Akaza. Just pretty perfect on the character. Uh, like, I liked it about as much as Ishida's, does. And, you know, Lucian Dodge is Mahito and Jujutsu Kaisen, So, you know, good villain role as he's getting in these jump series adaptations. Appreciate it a lot. You know, for a character that does not have a ton of screen time, you know, Ruka Rengoku, Rengoku's is mom. I thought Susie Young was actually did a really memorable performance. I feel the same way about Mikyumi Toyoguchi. Like, that's a really memorable character in terms of design and uh, impact, impact, even though she's only in one scene. So, like, stood out to me. I think, in general, like, I liked all the characters. Like, maybe Tanjiro's siblings, they sound a little too cartoony. I feel like Kirk Thornton played the conductor in addition to playing Tanjiro's dad. So, that kind of threw me off a bit. Maybe a bit too much Don Patch. Yeah, you know, whenever I hear Kirk Thornton, I'm just going to think of Don Patch. So, it's hard for me to take, you know, a serious role... We, of course, Turtans, seriously. So, you know, in that respect, like, you know, uh, Tanjiro was that especially. I would prefer Chinichi uh, or Joe McGee's performance. But. Instead of the Hinokami Kagura, he should have passed out <laughs> the legendary green onion sword. The Dawn sword, yes. Yes, that should have been what he entrusted Tanjiro.
1: So, what do you think the
0: preference would be overall? It's very good. I think I would go, I really enjoy the dub. I think that the Japanese, because like I think Zach Aguilar did an amazing job, but Natsuka and I just had just that edge, just that little bit of edge. I would go with that. Also, because I think Matsuoka is a nosuke. Again, I like Bryce, but just that little bit of edge. Again, I think... For most of the characters in the original, there is just a little bit of edge. I think for the English dub, the standouts were, I think I actually do prefer in some scenes, Witten's Goku over, uh, Hino's. I think only it has to do, though, with, like, some of how the way the dialogue was written in the dub compared to how the subtitles were written out, like... A particular moment that stood out for me was when Rengoku is telling Tanjiro to quiet down. Like in the sub, like he, the sub is written in a way where it feels like very blunt, like you can stop screaming already or something like that. Which feels like a little less kind to me than what he, than what should be the intent. Like in the dub, he says like, "Please calm down." Like, and I, I got that sense of compassion. And concern from Goku and the dub, from Witten's performance, from the way that the dialogue was written. Just that more. So there are scenes like that where I prefer some of the dub performances of Goku as well as Enmu. Like, that's some of the hamminess of Enmu in the dub. I prefer some of the moments with the in the dub I really liked. But, yeah, for the main, our main cast of Tanjiro, and Zenitsu... Uh, yeah, I, I might my, my, for that those characters alone. And because Tanjiro especially carries so much emotional weight on his shoulders for this film, I I I'd go with this up, but it's very close. Like both equally really well done.
1: Yeah, I agree with at least with because like I'm probably the minority opinion on like every time I bring this up, but it feels like Japanese Tanjiro kinda hits more emotional range than English Tanjiro. If that makes any sense? Like, Dub Chanjiro sounds all right, it just doesn't hit the same.
0: It's a Genesee qual- quality. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily there's more range, but just the performance, there's just that much more nuance. There's just this more gra- gravity that carries across in the voice and just the emotions that are conveyed in the performance in Hanai's. Uh, like, just. That tiny bit more that makes a difference. It's, again, very close to me. I think Aguilar does a great job. It's just just that It sounds little... great.
1: It just doesn't, like, hit the same way, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Again, a ne It can't quite pinpoint it, but there's just something to the original performance from Hanai that just puts it... It just gives it a little... That little bit of an edge. Yeah, I mean, I feel part of it, too, is, like... Natsuki eye has been, like... In voiceover for, like, a decade at this point. Well, Zack has done a lot of talented stuff, but he's also relatively newer. So I think that little bit of experience, also maybe, like, a different direction and stuff like that, kind of gives Hanai the edge there.
1: You make a good point. It's just, like, really hard, because, like, whenever I bring this up on Dumb Weaves and the dub part of Demon Slayer, it's like everybody disagrees.
0: I mean, like, I, I don't personally completely disagree, but I also don't think, like, one is drastically better than the other.
1: I mean, like, it's like they don't really understand the... uh, Well, they also prefer
0: dubs. (laughs) I mean, it's just so hard. Like, there's some choices in the way the dub is written that makes... Again, with that scene with Ringoku at the end, like if I could pick and choose scenes where I liked in the original compared to dub, like, uh, make a perfect version that way, that... I mean, i do that, but yeah, it's just, it's hard. There, There's some strengths of the original, and there's some strengths of the dub.
1: It's really weird, like, for me, the whole dub is like, it's really good. The dub's really good. It's just like Tanjiro doesn't, like, hit the emotional range as good. It's really weird to explain. I
2: think I got, I, I kind of get it, what you're trying to say. Um, i I guess in the end, though, it's really up to... It's a very subjective thing, you know. Sometimes people uh, just register differently to the other kind of voices. Um, besides that, uh, is there anything else about the movie y'all want to talk about? Um, I wanted to bring up the fact that, like, uh, sorry, I, sh- I should have said this before asking everyone else. <laughs> um, just before I forget. Uh, I've, I've read the manga a couple times now. Um, I think, like, the movie was really good at setting up, pieces like within like the the story and like how events develop uh in a really like nice way because uh I remember er, very early on Tanjiro's like oh do you know anything about the Hinokami Kagura uh and Rengoku's Rengoku's like nope I don't uh sorry uh anyway uh (laughs) and then later on we see like he he has his dream sequence and then like uh he has like this the experience with his father where um he remembers like his father gave up swordsmanship and everything and like that informs later on when he tells tanjiro like oh uh there were there were these papers that the previous flame hashira like had access to that i never read uh maybe that could help you out and then like stuff like that is, is really cool just like it's like a throwback to like oh an hour and a half ago but like hey this is pretty useful uh for like later plot purposes and also, even, like, not, not just, like, stuff that pays off, like, within the same movie, like, uh, was it, uh, I think there was an offhand comment, uh, or when uh, Rengoku's talking to Sendro, his little brother, who's voiced by Nasa.
3: And yes, I yeah. just saw that. I just saw that just now. I mean when I was watching the movie, I was like, why does he sound so familiar to me? <laughs> and that chat. Yeah, Julius. I just read it. Like, he's gonna grow yeah, up as God. <laughs> he's the wrong brother in this one though, because wouldn't there. Ren Goku be Julius and <laughs> uh, You're so right.
2: they they both die too.
1: <laughs>
3: So one day, Marion and I are just gonna start Spider Web uh, podcast. You know, just hanging. <laughs> spider-
1: <laughs> I got my hat. I'm ready to go.
2: But uh, no, yeah, I, I really love the the fact that he he tells uh, his little brother like, oh, you you probably don't have memories of the time when mother was still alive, but you know she blah 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 like all these things. And then like back during the mother flashback, we see like that big pivotal moment where. Like, she's, like, instilling her values in him and, like, gives him a hug and everything. And Sandro's in the scene, but he's asleep. And I'm just like, oh, that's a nice touch. Like, oh, he was around, obviously. Of course, he's not going to remember. He was asleep.
1: Yeah, he's asleep. I
2: don't know. It's just, it's really nice, though, the, the uh, set setups and payoffs that were established.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think one thing we didn't touch on just that we should probably touch on really soon because we're running a little long, is a question that we had on the, well, first of all, we had two questions. But I feel like we answered them more or less. But just to highlight that... Just to highlight that... But no, no. Before we do that, before we do that, we did have one thing that we want to talk about where what do we think about this movie in regards to people who have not seen any Demon Slayer?
0: I don't think it's a very accessible film. So I've checked out reactions, reviews from people who, you know, just went in to review the film, like critically, like not really knowing any of Demon Slayer and they were pretty lost and not necessarily impressed with what they saw like they couldn't follow along so they couldn't connect with it emotionally uh, like they may have found the animation impressive they may have liked uh, the some characters like but overall they didn't really like get invested like i think a fair review was the IndieWire review because the author does basically say, you know, trying to review this film is like trying to review Avengers Endgame without seeing the rest of the MCU and wondering why a bunch of costume people are trying to kill a potato farmer in space in the first place. That's pretty movie. funny. <laughs> so, I would yeah. watch that
2: without watching previous content.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I do feel like There is a little bit there that would make it accessible, just with the flashbacks and everything. It's just not enough. Like the way, because so that review I mentioned, like it mentions, yeah, there's flashbacks that like can give you clues as to what happened, but because they are, they're not told in an explicit way, and it's it's a lot is left to you to interpret if you haven't seen the show before and try and piece things together. And that's just too much to ask because there's so much going on in this film. This film does not really spend time introducing the already established characters. So, like, at best, you'll get a sense of Ringoku and Enmu and their stories very well, but, like, not really our main characters. And that's going to be a problem because you are expected to know Tanjiro's character arc, what he's been through and why like his dream sequence is so meaningful. Why the story, uh the events of the story are so meaningful and impactful and why they matter. Like if, and if you don't have that context, if you don't have that investment, you're not going to really come away from this film, like super impressed in, the, in it or in the series. Like, I also watched uh, Brad Jones's review, and, like, that's also his takeaway. Was, Why did Brad go and see Moon Tree? Because they see, like, uh, they see, like, anything that releases in theaters, basically. But I watched it just because I was... Because I, I figured that that guy would see it, and he's a good representative of, like, these kind of, like, movie critics. I mean, like, yeah, his takeaway next- was... Yeah, no, that guy. I like. I don't support his content anymore after the change of Tale yeah, thing. Yeah, that just guy is kind of a jerk. Yeah, but I just to see like what a guy like that's takeaway would be like someone who doesn't watch anime and doesn't, and, but like is a moviegoer like sees pretty much every movie. Like their his impressions were like, well, I I I, I was never bored. But I, I didn't. I, but uh, nothing in it really. Maybe wanted to go seek out the show. Hmm. But ultimately, like you know. But part of me does wonder, like, what do you seek out the show, anyways? And I feel like a type of person like him, right? But I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of people like that. I would say that would be like the majority of people who aren't anime fans. Okay, like, yeah, not, that's true. And that's which is a majority of people. So with
2: people who watch Spirited Away watch Demon Slayer Move and train. Without so that's
0: any another, another review that I read, like compared it and said, you know, it doesn't have the majesty of some a Spirit Away, the previous number one anime film worldwide. Like that's literally a quote oh from a review God. that I read. It's like compared it to Spirit Away it says, Oh, people <laughs> expecting like something online Spirit Away aren't really gonna get that. It's not as well, anime, I as feel as that's a very magic. unfair comparison. It is an unfair comparison, but like that's what people, that those are the kind of bedrooms people yeah. are going to compare an anime film to if they're not like already invested in the show and they're not invested in like even the mainstreamest of anime. So, like, in terms of accessibility, I again, I just don't think that this is accessible to me. I cars. mean,
1: I can get why they would compare it because Demon Slayer, like, literally fucking. Dethroned spirited away, so I could yeah. get why they would compare it. And then you make a good point in like explaining why they compared them and like why they said, oh, this is just another shounen, whatever it's called.
2: Yeah. So, our verdict if you want your friend to watch the movie, make them sit through the anime. Or you could be that annoying friend who like recaps the whole thing, but and still drag them to the movie. I, yeah, I don't
0: think they'll, <laughs> yeah. That, I don't think they'll enjoy it. We don't recommend it. <laughs> that, but that I mean, there's it. those. There's literally those three compilation films now. If you really want the speed run version, yeah, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> a <laughs> decent speed run version. At the very, I think the um, preferable thing would be to just watch the entire show. Because even with that, like you're gonna miss like Zenos, Zenitsu, and Minoski's introductions if you only watch. So how much
1: Demon Slayer would they have to watch anyway to get the whole deal on this whole thing?
3: You'd have to watch the whole season? You'd have to, yeah. <laughs> you, there's only the TV series in this, so really you'd have to watch all of it.
1: Why does men like if there's like a clip show version like to get like a good idea on like- There's
2: a clip show on Funimation that's like, that's like three episodes long episodes but no you know. there's
0: three compilation films like the Funimation lists them in episodes that's because how they list things like if you go and see Dragon Ball Z on there they're gonna be listed like episodes To bring new yeah I was doing air quotes like yeah these are tvs these were tv specials broadcast in Japan there's one or one was actually released in theaters the first one that was the first five episodes yeah uh and then there's but they made one for Nakajuma Mountain which is where they fight uh, Rui and the Spider family. And then they made one uh, for the Hoshre meeting, which is basically the Hoshre meeting and then the stuff at Butterfly Mansion. Yeah. So those are the three oh, shit. they and really cut out the whole thing in between Naughty Yeah, and, and that yeah, talks it in about six hours total. That's uh, fucking yes.
2: funny. I would watch that. Yeah.
0: But yeah. Now, I mean, like, uh, I mainly put this question in here uh, because the New York Times literally asked me this. Yeah. And my stance was like, if you really want to see it from a production's perspective, go ahead. But right, and yeah, so that's ideally, thing. ideally, like, like you should go and watch the anime. Yeah, and really, there's no reason not to because it's very it's easily. It's very accessible. It's on Netflix, on Hulu, it's on Crunchyroll yeah. for free. It's everywhere. So, and yeah. that's yeah, that's another thing. Is like you know. If you want to really get the most out of your movie experience... You should watch the show and be invested in the show and these characters. But if you do just want to see... Hey, this is like the number one anime film of all time. And Japanese film of all time. And maybe even the number one film of 2020... By the time this theatrical run concludes worldwide. Uh, you know, if you want to see what the whole uh, hubbub is about... Like, if you just want to see it on that level... Like, sure, go ahead. And you're not going to have, like, a... I don't think that you're going to have, like, a bad time. Like, that's another thing in these reviews from these people who were unfamiliar with the franchise. Like, they didn't get invested in it, but they didn't think it was, like, the worst experience ever in terms of, like, just watching it. Like, they thought it was, like, okay, there's some there's some stuff here that's pretty enjoyable. Like, I didn't get invested. I didn't, like, enjoy it It wasn't the food fight of anime. <laughs> no, but it's, like... You know, it, they, it's respectable. Like, I can appreciate it on some level. That's, that's the common refrain I heard from a lot of these reviews from people unfamiliar with the franchise and not invested in anime even in general. And that's why this film has a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Cause even like the lukewarm reviews, like, there's respect for it. Like, th- there's nothing in this film that's a super big turn off. Uh, except for some of the animations of, like, you know, character screaming, and that is another thing, it's like, because it needs to do, you know, screaming, that did turn some people off Some the reviews I read, but, like, in general, you know, it, people can roll with it for the other stuff in it. Mm.
2: Alright, I think now's the perfect time to uh, transition into some Twitter questions. Uh, I do have the tweet open. Questions uh, and
0: comments.
2: The first one that came in was from Yuji Ogawa at MSL fpl uh i live in tokyo and i have two questions for you how was the audience's reaction about the ending of the movie how much uh success do you think the movie is going to get in the states thanks uh thank you for the question uh i think we kind of addressed both of them uh specifically about the ending of the movie on my end like people were i think they were still like pretty like sad <laughs> <laughs> like about just like the tone of like oh yeah this awesome character just passed away but also it left like a big impact on everyone um uh yeah and and like about the success i think it's well on track to being the most successful anime film of 2020 like lum said uh in terms of like box office stuff it's just
0: yeah i mean yeah like uh I, potentially by the time this finishes its theatrical run in north america we could it could clinch that's spot of the highest grossing film of 2020 like mm. period worldwide and uh, yeah in terms of north american performance of anime films wise like this could have the potential to uh, unseat broly space at the number three the highest grossing north american anime theatrical run
1: yeah but like what it will it show the movie theaters to play more anime on I it think so, and
0: back. I think that we'll see the next the next So the last MHA movie also it didn't do these numbers, but it did pretty well, and it opened in a, with a pretty good amount of theaters. I think with the third film when that comes out over here, I think we'll see, especially with the success that Demon Slayer has shown, what they're gonna try and do that same treatment with MHA. I think they're gonna try and put it in as many theaters, give it as many show times. I think we'll see a pretty successful run for it.
1: It would be nice to not need to ask someone to go to the fucking theater at fucking 7pm on a fucking Tuesday
0: or Wednesday. Yeah, no, I I think that, yeah, with, like, again, these bigger anime films related to these bigger franchises, I think you'll you can expect more traditional release structures, like this film, like Broly had, like the Last Image J movie had, where you'll get them, they won't just be event films, they'll play like a traditional movie, multiple show times, multiple theaters throughout the week. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, should we move on to the next question? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: um, next comment, I have one from that one welder guy on Twitter, my friend, uh, James. <laughs> Hi, James. Hi, i like at tony danza that's a nice screen name uh
0: <laughs> oh that's james So
1: oh. yeah
2: from um, host of the kicking stones podcast shout outs and the uh, i
0: show 21 podcast now yeah yes. go listen to a uh, deal with the Devils. it's an excellent podcast control all i 21 i'm gonna try and read through the series to keep up with it like yeah. i'm really enjoying their show so far yeah james does really cool stuff mm-hmm. go go give them some love he had to say,
2: uh, I watched the dub version. The voice acting was great. Uh, the animation was really good, too. And I'm going to need that OST soon. <laughs> also, uh, I went and ate crab afterwards, which probably wasn't an important detail, but I feel it belongs in this review of mine. On a serious yes, note, it did. <laughs> I think it was a pretty good adaptation of that arc and it fit pretty well in the movie format. 10 out of 10 would would, and probably will watch again. Okay, final note, Nezuko Q.
0: Good yeah, thank you for the comment. I like
2: I like the comment. It, it took me on a very, very wild ride. I I liked I liked uh, your review. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I also agree that. Uh, I can agree, and I think Allison can agree. Also, that we're going to both, we're going to all three need that OSC soon. Like I yeah. I need, a, oh, yeah. I need all those tracks on a couple CDs. I, I
0: searched out uh, the Akaza team and people because. are fast they made there have been a many covers made i did find like excerpt of the original but yeah i want the full OST track mm.
1: me too i need it in my ear holes. <laughs>
2: yeah and as a, as far as like an adaptation of the arc i think the movie was like perfect way to go uh and i think most people can agree as well just because like we all had noth- not not that much like most of our criticisms uh are like not even that bad. Uh for the most part, like everyone really enjoyed it. Everyone had like wonderful things to say. And as a as a distillation of that arc in like movie format, I think it was perfect. Uh
0: yeah, it I mean I think it did its job. was cut. Like as we said, like they just add, they were able to add things. Like the fact that it's it's only a thirteen chapter long arc, like barely a volume over a volume, so it's like it was the perfect length for a film.
5: Hmm.
2: And uh next comment, I have one from oh, our very own meowth 900. Uh <laughs> cried like four times I think, probably cried more because I read the arc in the manga. Fuck Akaza, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're tr- you're so right. Fuck Akaza. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, yes, fuck Akaza in both ways. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
2: I was waiting for that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um yeah. Well, uh, next stupid
1: comment. sexy,
0: <laughs> it yeah, um, Oh is, my God! Is he, he Flanders now? Oh no! He is stupid and has a uh, big uh, butt joins through his tights. Or... <laughs> oh
2: no! <laughs> oh yeah, through his empty hammer pants.
0: <laughs> next
2: question. So, yeah, next like we're Nothing
0: is... at all. <laughs>
2: From our very own AG, your anime guy on Twitter. Considering the movie's po- massive popularity, uh, do you think they would make a second one after season two? Also, V-Lord not hosting? I can't believe it. Naruto voice, you better believe it.
0: I can't believe it's not V-Lord. Can you believe it? You can not believe it. Naruto! Naruto! Naruto. believe it! Believe. He's very cool. <laughs> Sakura, the beautiful. The beautiful. No. Naruto! Naruto! But to actually answer the question, yeah, I think it <laughs> will I think they'll make a second movie after season two. I yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of disappointed that. Well, not disappointed, but I feel like I think Entertainment District, in terms of arcs that would make a good length for movies, like Entertainment District and Swordsmith Village, would be the best two other choices you'd probably have to cut them into two movies though no i don't think you do because most of those arcs are just fighting most of those arcs like <laughs> three fourths of the both of those arcs are just fighting there's not that can go pretty fast
1: yeah i think they would probably like lose out on time in between airings if they made the movies too
0: and, and like and also those arcs don't really work to split in two like, again, most of those arcs are just, like, one long fight. Like, it just, yeah, it, where do you split it? D- I'm d-
1: guessing they could put out the content faster if they made it a TV show compared to a movie, and more people would be I,
0: able to see it compared to a movie. I don't think, hey. like, well, speed's an issue for them at this Well, point. I think that's just, they, they decided on making a second season while the film was still in production yeah. and by the time it released. So like, and you know, that was already a plan and they move forward with it. Like we know that there have been talks between Toho and Annie plaques and o- all everyone about like, what well, how to handle the future of the anti-franchise. Oh, yo, I did and-
2: notice actually, like when the movie started, the credits for Shueisha as like, uh, at the very yeah. start. And, yeah. uh, uh, was it, uh, is it Toho, the film distributor? yeah uh, yeah Toho and Toho Shueisha, and Aniplex and like yeah I, I found that very interesting, especially like, considering our our discussion on like uh, the information that was made public about the talks of how those three companies came together to like discuss the future of how the anime will be adapted like it was very in, like meat to chew in the back of my head as I was watching.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see, like, what they'll do. They're definitely gonna make another film. Like, with the, this success, I, I don't see them not making another film. I think that if they haven't already decided to adapt Swordsman Village as a season in the TV show, they should just, like, do that as a film. And I really don't want them to do the final arcs as a film because of the way those are formatted, those would just be better as a, a TV season. Cause, like, that it caught the, the, Uh, upper rank one fight alone, like, that fight with Kokushima that's longer than the Mugen Train arc in terms of chapters. That one fight alone, like, yeah. I don't think having also just a movie that's like a series of fights is like a good structure format for a movie. It'll be better for episodic TV shows. Um... But DBS is a self-contained and just one fight kind of thing. Like the uh, these other ones, they'd be like a series of fights, and it's not gonna be like, yeah, it's just too long that final arc again.
1: I do feel I do feel a little concerned that since Demon Slayer one arc movie did so good in Japan that they're gonna make all anime arcs into movies now because that'll really lock out a lot of foreigners.
0: I don't know. I think, th- I think in terms of accessibility, like, if we're just talking about these big Shonen franchises, like, it's not gonna be locked out I think, people, because like think, uh, those stuff will get licensed and shown. So yeah. it's not gonna really be a big issue. Like, did you two guys in zero? That's gonna get shown in theaters. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that gets, uh, released as comparable to this one. Considering how popular Jujutsu Kaisen is here now, and Black Clover, heck, that could probably get that too with that film. Yeah, I just but meant yeah, like, I,
1: yeah, but I meant like, if you don't live in Japan, you won't be able to see it. Like, no, right no, old.
0: you will. Not, I mean, not I right think, away. Obviously, so, so, so I like think like we're not but. we're not gonna run into a situation like. What's happening now, I think, again, for a while, one could hope, unless there's another pandemic. (laughs) Right, the delay for this was because they were waiting for the right time to release it in the North American theatrical market. If you remember Broly, that came out a month after the film came out in uh, Japan. MHA took a little longer, that was about three months later but like i think
3: and one piece stampede came out like almost immediately too yeah yeah
0: yeah. so i think that with bigger films i think you'll see like kind of a faster turnaround like i think the next mha film like can depending on where we're at pandemic wise uh by the summer like i think we'll see a quick turnaround for that and that's going to get like a pretty wide release. Now, in terms of like these, again, arc films that are adapting canon arcs, like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is like the next big one we know of. I, 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 again, I think that, you know, we'll see a wide release for that. I, I, cause of how popular that series is. And, you know, we'll just see going forward. I do think this film could be the start of that trend, but I, I'm, I don't think it'll, the, the accessibility issues, uh, will be as problematic as, uh, you know, they would have been in the past.
1: Well, as long as they sell it digitally afterwards, because a lot of people don't really live in New York or California where they show anime theaters, movies in theaters everywhere.
0: It will probably be a similar reach to this if not... Yeah, I mean, theatrical windows are like only two months now anyway, so I think we'll expect that, you know... After theatrical, you only have to wait, like, maybe two months for yeah. it to be available digitally. I mean, I'll put it this way. The dub for this film had been done quite a while before this release. I don't think I'm allowed to say when it was done, but it's been done for a while.
1: Yeah, weird. I thought the dub would have held it
0: back a bit. Nah, not really. Oh. Well,
1: Anaplex yeah. usually is
0: very fast at getting, like, materials.
1: That makes sense, especially since Aniplex isn't really dubbed that much.
0: I mean, also because like, they, they're literally affiliated with Japanese Anaplex.
1: Yeah, that too. All right, I think now's a perfect time to move
2: on to second to last comment. Uh, Dar Yiel at Dar underscore SR. Did you think the adaptation of the clash between Upper Moon 3 and Renkoku met your expectations in the choreo- choreography and animation regard? I also heard people talking good things about the scene where Tanjiro had to cut his neck constantly to stay in the fight. Did you think it was well done? And if it was an improvement over the manga, um we did kind of touch on those uh
0: my answer is yes to all three yeah yes
2: yeah basically the the scenes where Tanjo had to cut his neck constantly did contribute to the the age rating uh in north america uh so yeah they they kept it it was. Cool. Uh, I I I think um the best part though like was the build up as like it was happening constantly and then at some point Inosuke had to come up and like he was like Tanjiro, you're in the real world. Don't actually kill yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my oh god. My god. That, that I was love crazy. Inosuke so much. The music really added to that scene too because the build up was just like constant. It was very gradual. It was really Shout good.
1: out to the Inosuke app. They were
0: very good. Indeed. Also, God, this last question made me laugh. (laughs)
1: uh,
2: From Bhavya Shukla at Bhavya S58529290. uh, Did Tanjiro lose his sword again? Laugh and cry emoji. Imagine Hodoru's face. (laughs) And you see, uh, I think Haganazuka is just like.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Haganazuka. Great gif of him poking Tanjiro. He but did lose yeah, it. He You're the shit not going to have to imagine it. You're not going to have to imagine it. Just wait and see. In the next season of Demon Slayer, you'll see Hakanezuka's reaction. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, no. I really, I really did
1: love
2: the scene where Togero yeeted the fuck out of his sword. Yeah. Oh, yes. that oh my God. So and good. him
0: infusing with the Hinokami Kagura. You know, again, just great moment. Yeah, Indeed
2: oh wait can I, I, I forgot like we were talking about the choreo but then like oh the the, the scene where uh, Ragoku does like his final is Ogi the oh esoteric my art yeah, and the, the technique yeah. named after himself like uh, that shit was crazy the fact that oh he did God. like three slashes uh, and did like a camera cut every time that like he changed the direction of his slash and yeah. like that was so fucking epic I think that was, the, that was the one scene where I was literally like pogging in my fucking seat I was making the pog face, and I was just like...
0: <laughs> yeah, no, again, I'm talking about embellishing the action, like, we're seeing inside that vortex of flame, when Goku slashing up Akaza, and him, like, and Akaza actually reacting in pain to the way his body is being cut up, and, like, we're just seeing, like, you know, just every agonizing move they're making, and before, like, it just flashes away in the explosion, and then, of course, we cut out to see, like, the end result. Like beautifully beautifully done just yeah. such an intense moment
2: i love that hey man it was just so good the fact i, I mean i'm still oh, man the, the fact that Ringoku had to get in is insane just got fisted anyway <laughs> oh. i think this is a good time to start transitioning and signing out
0: yeah um I think Jekka already fell asleep. Oh, Jekka no. did fall asleep. She's under Enmu's dream. She, or... You gotta, Jekka, you gotta wake up. You gotta cut your neck in your dream and wake up. To be fair, I did tell her she can yeet whenever she wants, because mm. I knew we probably would go I, over. Yeet an explosive fury like Goku on the train. Leaving um, everyone impressed. Leaving us behind the desk.
3: Um, okay, so, uh, what do we do? We're re- Okay, who wants to go first and like um, plugging your stuff? Because I yeah, mean, I, Sakaki, do not... you
0: want to first plug Jekka's stuff for her?
3: Uh, uh, okay, I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, go, somebody else go first.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Allison, you're our next guest. Why don't you plug your stuff?
1: Oh, uh, do I have anything important? Your Twitter. Oh yeah, do And it. dumb weeps. Oh yeah, I have too. I'm a ten out of ten PR person, aren't I? <laughs> 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 anyways at uh, meow 900 on twitter.com feel free to talk to me about anything I'm mostly retweeting fan arts these days because I'm so big uh, you can also find me on 5 Dumb Weep with a bunch of other guys and V-Lord uh, we talk about anime on there I forget what's the next episode that's gonna come out but I gotta whatever
5: kick... laser edits. Yeah, I,
1: I gotta kick his ass some more to get him to edit, and I gotta kick v Lord's ass some more to get him to put out the episode. So,
0: and once I get the files, I put them out.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. So I gotta kick the editors' ass then. Remind me to kick the editors' ass. But uh, yeah, done with. Right, cool. Also been on the M H uh, A P podcast with. M-H-A-P, people, and I do good reading skills.
2: Yeah, it's fun, it's fun every time I'm on analysis, also. On. M-H-A-P-O-D is awesome.
1: Yes, and uh, I was also on a couple of the m Jujutsu episodes, but I don't know if those are out and those are behind the paywall, but they're pretty entertaining, I think.
2: Yeah, I think they're part of the, the My Hero Academia podcast Patreon. Uh, well, but you can mm-hmm. check them out at uh, M-H-A-P-O-D at, on Twitter. Uh, Lum, why don't you plug your stuff?
0: You can find me at Lum Ramiyasha on Twitter. as Lum variety places like Amish Revelation Analysts, wherever there's Lum there you can find me. You can read my manga reviews on all.com. We got a lot of books coming in, a lot of reviews going out. Look forward to more on there. That's always where we're going to find Manga Merits, the podcast I do with my good friend Colton, where we discuss manga as a medium and as an industry. We're covering series, recapping news interviewing guests we do a lot of cool stuff on the show covering a broad swat of manga including an episode on demon slayer with these fine hosts of the demon slayer podcast that you can look forward to coming out very soon so look forward to that full retrospective of all of the manga in celebration of basically you know the year since it's ended and our mm-hmm. story so yeah look forward to that and of course you can also find related pockets manga the and other pockets i do Including Manga Ransai Movies, where it's just a show where we mainly talk about anime movies. So if you enjoyed this and this talk about the students in your film, this is basically an episode of Manga Ransai Movies, just with more people on it. So yeah, look forward to our archives of Manga Ransai Movies. So that you want to hear us talk about like the previous big box office anime hit in North America, Dragon Ball Super Broly. We have a song to that. You can look, listen to that. I got episodes of a bunch of great films. And also, if you want to learn about a series that Not necessarily about demons, but about uh, aliens inspired by demons. You can listen to Hashtag Lump Squad, the podcast I do, covering Yoru the classic manga by Rumiko Takahashi, where me and my good friend A.C., we cover just the wonderful world of the series. We recapping and reviewing every volume of Viz's new release. We're currently caught up to the Viz month release, so now we're looking forward to covering the anime movies, which are now on Crunchyroll, and we've got a review of Only You planned, and should be coming up very soon, the first film, and there's going to be a lot to echo out there. So again, yeah, more anime movie discussion. Yeah, definitely look forward to more episodes of Lumb Squad, and yeah. So check out all that stuff.
2: Thank you, Rap Godlum.
0: Oh, but Uh, if you want to follow the art I do, if you like the art I make for my podcast, the thumbnails, the art I make in general, in in terms of the animation and illustrations I do, you can follow all of that on my Instagram, at saidartworks. Nice.
2: V-Lord, you can uh, transition in as our podcast hosts. Uh, Doesn't Sakaki self go? And you... No, you go first, because you're... Yeah, you you
1: got a lot of stuff, Mr.
0: Okay. You can find me on the Twitters at VLORDGTZ, and then I also write various manga and light novel reviews for all as well as Tsunami-related editorials for TsunamiFaipo.com. As we also alluded to in this podcast, I was recently interviewed by the New York Times about Demon Slayer, so... You can find the article that I mentioned in on the New York Times website. It's primarily about like what to expect from Demon Slayer Mugen Train and what you should check out before it. So it's kind of just like very broad. The short answer is go watch the anime, obviously. But yeah, it's meant for like casual uh, people going into the film. So it was nice that New York Times was spreading the Demon Slayer love and that they Reached out to me for my input. And beyond that, uh, I do quite a few other podcasts. Like what? Well, I guess the one that, like, none of us are really super hard affiliated with besides me is the Tanami Faithful Podcast. I'm a kind of regular at this point. Uh, so you can check that out at Tanami Podcast. And then, like Allison mentioned, the Dumb Weebs Podcast on Twitter at Dumb Weebs Pod. Um, and then with Sakaki and Marion, I do Oversoul Shaman King podcast at Shaman King pod and Saturday Night Shaggy at Sat Night Shaggy. So, yeah, check those out.
2: I would have never known. Thank you so much. Sakaki, why don't you tell us what you're into?
3: Okay, I guess I'll start off with me then. That'd be easier. Uh, well, you can find me at Kirobon, Kiro bon, K I I R O B O N on Twitter. Uh, nothing there, so let's move on. Um, then there's also at WSS Talkback on Twitter, where I talk about Shonen Sunday and all the nice things in there. That uh, b- basically, we try our best to uh describe the magazine to people who only see it for whatever Miko Takahashi's doing or Conan. That uh, there are other things in that magazine. Um, we, also have do- <laughs> we also have wsstalkback.blogspot.com where we where there are translations of interviews, uh, reviews by Marion and Jekka, and it hasn't been updated in a while, and that's really bad, but we'll get to it. And of course, uh, as I always pitch, if anybody wants to write about shogaku Khan or Shonan Sunday series, we are always looking for uh, extra hands. It doesn't have to be a series that's currently running, it doesn't have to be a series that's like necessarily in Showden Sunday, it can be anything Nishro Bakon related, and we're always happy to have new writers. As for Jekka, um you can find her at Jekka J E C K A ten twenty one on Twitter. Um I'm not really sure what else to say there. <laughs> I mean she she's there. Yeah. She um, does
0: Jekka she, things.
3: Yes. Yes. Sometimes so, she
2: watches and live tweets stuff.
3: Yeah, and her live tweets are hilarious and if you see them, yes, they're please support those. They're really good. Um, I also write for Tsunami Faithful. Um, that's a thing. So please. I should be writing something soon. So please look forward to that. Uh, uh oh, right. Almost forgot this. Uh you can also I'm also on with Colton, which we who, who we mentioned. All right, don't I think we mentioned off mic, sorry. Uh, another Day, Another Adventure, which is at another DB Pod which is where if it's animated and has Goku in it, we hope to talk about it, except if it's like a random Japanese McDonald's commercial. Uh, I'm now legally <laughs> I'm now legally um obligated to keep saying that because Colts and I are really afraid that somebody will be like, well, you didn't do this one thing where Goku was like selling a Toyota. You need to talk about that.
2: Never say <laughs> like,
3: never. <laughs> so we, we're, we're not doing everything, but one day you'll be strapped for content. One day
1: you'll get big.
3: And with all the talking we did about um friggin' Broly, I guess I really watch it.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, you'll,
2: you'll get there in like ten years. Don't worry yeah,
1: about ten it. years. <laughs> Twenty years, maybe.
0: Forty-year-old like Sakaki be like, I finally watched Broly. Good old man, go watch the other like five super films that have come out.
3: Uh, She's like laughing at me.
2: <laughs> oh, you, okay. you woke her up? How dare you? <laughs>
3: Oh, wow! You guys good job, <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, but yeah, that's it for me.
2: Cool. All right, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at microwavy the e before the b i have a card listed in my description with like all the other projects that I'm on. I co-host uh, Over Soul Shaman King podcast and Saturday Night Shaggy with these two lovely people, V Lord and Sakaki. Uh, besides that, I'm also on the Good Friends Anime Club. New episode came out. Uh, today as of recording the the 25th the 24th i guess uh it was cool we recorded it ages ago but uh stuff happened we, we had to push out the actual published date but um yeah I, i'm on a whole bunch of other stuff sometimes i guest on mha pod um i'm also on haiku pod uh that's on hiatus though so is the dora, dora podcast but yeah, all that stuff is on my my card. Uh, besides that, I also contribute writing for Toonami Faithful at ToonamiFaithful.com. dot com. I wrote an uh, an editorial on Bobobo that should be out hopefully by the time this episode is up. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also write reviews for Sakaki's Shonen Sunday blog, or weekly shogaku edition, edition, talkbackblogspotcom and I also have uh, reviews on my personal blog HeavensDoorknob.wordpress.com and yes, that is a Joe joke. Uh, besides that, you can uh, listen to our other podcasts, uh, other Demon Slayer podcast episodes on uh, basically any platform where podcasts are, are hold, held uh, on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, you name it we'll play. Uh, we're also on uh, TsunamiFacebook.com. They are people who host us, uh, so definitely check them out as well. Um, yeah, I think the next episode that we'll be recording will be, as the Lord said, uh, specifically for the dub of uh, Mugen Train, so look forward to that as well. Um, Alright, now I gotta think of something clever to
3: leave the episode on. Remember, kids, don't fall asleep on the train or you'll miss your stop. Bam. True. <laughs> because you might
1: die. <laughs> like I mean, falling asleep and then getting eaten. That doesn't sound
3: too bad. Oh my god, Ellie. Okay, I'm about to... Um, that's it. I can't <laughs> oh, talk that. Good night, everybody. Night-night. <laughs> Sayonara.
1: Later. Night-night.